0: Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting
1: episode coming up. Hi, welcome to the third episode of the Next Dimension Podcast, your new podcast, about your favorite topic which is virtual reality and in the future probably we're also going to talk about augmented reality hi and happy new year i'm here of course with the team with the regulars here with tony from vr365 how are you doing tony i'm doing real good how's it going good good really looking forward to that podcast show tonight and also of course here with me is steve the vr
2: flight sim guy steve how are you doing I'm very well. Good to be here again. It's actually great just to uh, you know, be back on the show. Looking forward uh, to it. Amazing. Me too.
1: Oh my goodness. It is the year 2021. Finally. Finally we got rid <laughs> of 2020. <laughs> Woohoo. Yes. Great. <laughs> it, it is so good to have to get rid of this year and really looking forward to the next year. So, in today's show, we are not only going to talk about the Microsoft Flight Simulator for VR, and this is a good topic that I'm really looking forward to learn about from Steve. Right, Steve, you looked into it quite a bit. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's perfect. So I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Performance. I can't wait. What you have to say about um, the visuals in the G2 or in the Rift S, and all the headsets that you've been using, and in general, what you think of the Microsoft Flight Simulator, and if you think this is the best, probably, or probably, I know that you like the the Aero um, Fly, the other one, X Pen Eleven. Oh yeah, Aero
2: Fly, Aero FS2, Fly, right? Yeah. Ex- exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So this going to be amazing similar this is this is going to be pretty exciting to find out what you think about it perfect and of course we're going to talk about the best stuff of 2020 the best vr games the best uh, vr hardware out there and uh, yeah i'm really looking forward to find out what you tony have to say about that what is your favorite game going to be i think it should be probably medal of honor No, (laughs) not not my favorite. Yeah, we're going to find out. We're going to find out what your favorite game is going to be. So really, really looking forward to this. My dear friends, for all of you out there who don't know yet about this show, this is a new podcast about VR and AR. It's going to go live every Saturday, 9 p.m. Central European Time. That is 8 p.m. in the UK. That is noon in San Francisco. And that is 3 p.m. in New York City. And well... This is not only a live show, you can also listen to this show as an audio podcast on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Google, on Alexa, but not yet on iTunes. We're still waiting for Apple to say, okay, this show can be in our iTunes podcast. Um, um, How to say that? In the the thing. (laughs) It's not there yet. (laughs) It's not there yet, but it's hopefully going to be there soon. So we're still waiting for the approval from Apple's approval. But, well, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and simply watch this show live as you're doing right now. All right. Cool. So also interesting about this show, we want to hear from you. So this is not just about you listening to the show. If you're watching this live now here on MRTV, you could also vote and you can make your voice heard. And today we have two questions. What is your favorite game of 2020? And what is your favorite VR hardware? And for for the games, the following games, you could vote. You could choose between Half-Life Alex, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, Star Wars Squadrons, Population 1, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Phasmophobia, Paper Beast, and Dreams. So please cast your vote. The link is down in the description of this video. And at the end of the show, we're going to tell you what you voted for. And this time, unlike... The, the last show, I'm not going to forget about telling you the results. Then the second the, then the second question, what was the best VR hardware of 2020? And you can choose between the Oculus Quest 2, the HP Reverb G2, the Vive Cosmos Elite and the Pimax 8KX. So definitely go there right now. Again, the link down in the description of this video and simply cast your vote. Uh, we would be uh, yeah very happy if you take the chance to vote and simply yeah, be an active part of the show and let us know what was your favorite thing of 2020. All right, before we go to the Microsoft Flight Simulator, first, let's do a little round. Uh, I want to know, um, yeah, how was your Christmas and how was your New Year's Eve celebration? And let's start with Tony. How did it go? Yeah, Uh,
0: both of them were very uh, low-key which is fine for me this is the one year where if you're not the party guy and you don't necessarily like to go to all these parties any damn way this is the year where you just get to nope out and nobody can you know say any bad things about you so it was very chill relaxed
1: and uh yeah i'm good with it all right yeah that's good Um, but, but then normally, normally how would you celebrate like New Year's Eve? I mean, Christmas, okay. We all stay with the family, right? And and exchange presents, but probably on New Year's Eve, normally, would you go crazy? Would you go on a party normally? Get perfectly, uh, drunk?
0: (laughs) Normally, normally on a New Year's Eve, um, I mean, in the, in my twenties and stuff, yeah, that's where you hit the town, you know, you do the whole thing, right? You try to live as big as possible. Um, but in my later years... New Year's Eve, it's usually like (laughs) somebody will have a party at some house and it's like okay we're gonna go there and we're gonna basically be there for a bunch of hours and it's like I don't drink very often at all, like I hardly ever drink yeah and so New Year's usually I would get pretty bombed because I could have like four beers and I'm like
1: buzzing hard okay we should do that one fine day together yeah
2: Differently, yeah. And that would be good. That. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Okay, so very low key this year. All right. Um, yeah, Steve. How about you? How about your Christmas and
2: uh, your New Year's Eve? Yeah, pretty much the same as Tony, actually. And to be honest, Christmas can be a bit much sometimes. Anyway, you can't it when you've got family that you don't really want to see. <laughs> so you know, the fact that I could just go to my uh, my parents' house, chill out, have a bit of a you know nice dinner, and you know chill out it was really good actually and uh i'm very thankful that we was able to have at least that one day where we was able to go around and see family and that you know uh but apart from that pretty chilled out um as for new year's eve i mean usually i'll be gigging new year's eve playing in a band and Ah, i actually love doing that because you get like three times the you know more money than you normally would and you get free drinks and it's just a great party but this year i just literally had a cup of tea kind of see the the new year in and that was it really it was time for bed and you Know <laughs> right, boring. right, but that's no, nice. It was good to see the back of 2020 anyway, I think so,
1: exactly. So, 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 what is your um, your position in the band like, uh, the bass player or the guitar player, or what are you doing?
2: Well, um, I mean, I've been in I've too many bands to be honest, and I should really like chill out with them, really. But I mean, <laughs> I, I'm in my, own, my own sort of band, uh, so I sing and well, try and sing a little bit and play the guitar, so that's my kind of I guess the the front man person you'd call it really, but I mean to be honest, I do enjoy just being in the background and just playing the guitar as well. It's just it's you know kind of cool really. So yeah, well cool. It's quite heavy music. It might not be for everybody, but it's quite heavy metal
1: kind of music. Okay, wow, that's cool. (laughs) You know that's really that's one of my things in my bucket list. Like once once in my lifetime, I would be like on the stage. With a guitar, with an e-guitar, and like the oh, people, the people, are, the people are going crazy. And in that moment, when everybody's totally going crazy, I take the guitar and I freaking smash <laughs> it on, smash it and destroy <laughs> it, and jump on it, and then I jump into the crowd. That that is that is that is still on my bucket list, you know. Ah, oh, you've got to well, you join my what? band as
2: a guitarist. That'd be a great <laughs> idea.
1: <laughs> you know, supposedly with Neuralink,
0: like they think like long distance in the future, you're going to actually be able to download the experiences of another human being and it'll just ah, go okay. through your brain. And so you could have that exact experience oh. in our TV.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I want to I want, to. I want to. Am I going to start to call you now VR365, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just going to call us by our uh, YouTube names now. Yeah, we are flat sound guy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's really I really would love to do that. Uh, like really smash the guitar. So that's why I'm learning the guitar right now, t- learning to play it. So at one one point in time, I can smash it. <laughs> <on, on> Thank <laughs> you. The <let> stage. It? <laughs> I'm learning to do that. Yeah, that's my that's my dream, man. <laughs> But you know, Brilliant. like t- Tony, what you were t- just talking about, right? About this uh, downloading other people, people's experiences. Well, it, probably you have not read Ready Player Two, but this is exactly what it's about. So probably we've just um, told some people about it. That's exactly what Ready Player Two is about. Yeah, it's a good book, by the way. I really enjoyed it. I listened to the audiobook. The audiobook is <coughs> really good. It's uh, read by Will Wheaton, right? And uh, yeah, it's cool. Really good. Okay, cool. So your Christmas and New Year's Eve was just like more relaxing this year, right? And uh, yeah, I must honestly say for me this year it was a bit different. Like I was completely drunk on Christmas Eve. Like, <laughs> like, like, oh. <laughs> like, like completely, like, like completely. Like, normally, we, we, ha- we have a few beers and stuff, and, and we're, we're very merry, and um, I'm, I'm reading from the Bible and stuff, like, like, every year the same thing. But this year, instead of beer, for some strange reason, we had wine. And, oh, God. Oh, oh, my God. And I, I'm not a <laughs> wine drinker. I, I'm, I'm really not a wine drinker, right? So I'm a, I'm a beer drinker, as you know, right? And then I, the wine was there. And we didn't have so much beer. And then I just drank the wine like beer. Like, ooh, you know, like just, (laughs) I'm I'm just like chugging it away like crazy. And wow, I was, I was totally going crazy. I was so, so, so happy. And yeah, if you want to watch that, uh, my wife, she's a YouTuber and she recorded everything and put it onto her channel. So if you look on, if you search YouTube for Eliza Ang, you're going to find her channel Go to that Christmas video and you're going to see me go completely crazy on New- on, uh, on Christmas Eve. It was
2: amazing. Yeah. And, I think uh, what they say, beer before wine feel fine. Yeah, wine I don't
1: know. I felt very, very happy on that, on that Christmas Eve. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I don't know. Is it in, in, um, in Germany, we have the presents on Christmas Eve. Do you have the presents on
2: Christmas Eve or on the 25th? No, it's got to be the 25th for us anyway in the UK. Yeah,
0: I've always done it. Christmas Eve is like the real, I mean, Christmas Eve is the presents with all the family and stuff. And then like Christmas Day, your mom and dad might have like some little private presents for you in the morning.
2: Okay,
1: I got it. I got it. Well, it, even now, different. I
2: still pretend that Santa comes. You know, I'm I'm going downstairs and I imagine Santa's there, <laughs> and he goes through the chimney, <laughs> and I'm I'm wrestling with the door. I do that every year. I don't care. I'll be 50 and I'll still be doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. So, um, do you also read from the Bible? Like, I'm I'm reading from the, the <laughs> I'm reading from the Bible before we before we exchange the presents, right? I'm reading like the the Christmas oh, wow. story. Yeah, that's, that's,
2: that's really what cool. that's what I we like do it. here.
1: Yeah, that's what we do here. Yeah. Tony looks like he's not going I... to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's like yeah, that. I read the Bible
0: back in the days, not so much recently.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Since you have your quest to no more Bible reading. <laughs> 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 just kidding, man. Just kidding. Yeah. Okay, cool. Very nice. <laughs> Yeah, but then uh, then the next few days, I was very sick. So uh, on New Year's Eve, there was no more alcohol drinking. I was very, very relaxed. And here in Germany, you know, they um, prevented us from buying the rockets and the explosives. So this year was very strange. Normally, it's like super loud and lots of rockets, right? And uh, this year, no, nothing at all. Was it the same in, in the US and UK? We oh, have really? stuff
0: going on all the time. Okay. There, there's so much illegal fireworks in <laughs> okay. California, where I live. It's ridiculous. Man. Really? You just, you just see fireworks everywhere. It's completely changed just in like the last 10 years. Like 10 years ago, you'd rarely see illegal fireworks. Now, everywhere.
1: Everybody really? has them. It's, it's oh, everywhere. my God. That's probably why you have these kind of like um, the woods burning, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: sometimes like people will actually... You'll see a lot of elderly people, they go outside whenever it's, uh, you know, 4th of July or New Year's or something, and they water their roof. Like they spray wow. their roof with water wow. so their roof doesn't catch on fire by somebody's
1: like bottle rocket. That's crazy. Wow. But, but what's also crazy that your roofs are made of wood. <laughs> <laughs> some of them. Some of them. <laughs> okay, okay. So in, in the UK, you still have like all the fireworks going. It was the same like always?
2: Yeah, we don't really do fireworks that much. I think it's, actually, I say that this year, there's loads for some reason. But, you know, I think it's becoming more of a thing every year. Uh, we we tend to copy the uh, US quite a lot anyway. I think, um, yeah, there was a lot going off. Even at like one o'clock in the morning, I could hear fireworks and stuff. But uh, oh, yeah, generally speaking, we speaking? You, you were we you, do like
1: Like uh, you were celebrating your independence from us Europeans.
2: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into that. <laughs> Definitely
1: not. No, that's a, it's a sad day, in my opinion, but we won't go into that one. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, for Germany, it's great. I mean, basically, we are the strongest in Europe now, and we didn't even have to start a war. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> you, handed it, you handed it to us. Thank you, man. After all the work we yeah, did. And exactly. We now, now we just have to sit back and relax. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh-huh. Okay, good. I think that's enough for, uh, for the non-VR talk now. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: and, I, <laughs> and I think we can get into virtual reality. So... Last week we did not have a show because of Christmas. It was Boxing Day, and so we we thought like, okay, we not, we're not going to make a show. But so we're back, and we missed one big topic. And the big topic last week would have been the Microsoft Flight Simulator is now ready for virtual reality, and it happened like uh, I think on uh, 22nd or 23rd of December. Like uh, it was an early pre- uh, Christmas present for the simming community, and yeah, so. How is it? <laughs>
2: how is it, dear Steve? Oh, that's just a ma- it's a massive question to ask, and oh, I heard, really heard, need heard. to make sure that I don't spend too long answering that one. So just tell me to shut up if I go, you know, if I just talk too much. But no, I no, won't. No, anyway. I'm
1: I'm going to interrupt because you with uh, funny questions.
2: Please do. Oh, yeah, always <laughs> do that. <laughs> but, I mean, really, I just thought, you know, how am I going to answer this? Because I knew you'd, you'd ask me, and I, I thought, well, I suppose I can sort of pin it down to three kind of like, you know, points really that I can really briefly just go over. Otherwise as I say I'll be talking too much. But in term I just want to talk about the core VR experience. You know, what is it like when you put that headset on and you're in that plane? What is it like? And I was I was trying to think of a way to to describe it. And I actually said this in one of my videos, like, how can I describe it? And I think best way I can I can say is it's it's brain tricking real, honestly. (laughs) At times. Okay. It's, 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 you know, I've obviously done a lot of flight simming. I'm such a geeky flight simmer. I've done it for years and years. And, uh, and I've done VR flying uh, sort of sims for about four years now. And this experience is the best that I've ever come across, without a doubt, for, for, its, for, for its core VR implementation. And I think, I was is trying it, to think, what is it, is it about this? Is it better than well, sex? <clears throat> not quite, but it's close. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> Maybe not actually, no. Um, but... <laughs> sex could have uh, so many
0: levels of quality, though. Like, yeah, well, right. Exactly. You're, right the... sex, you're right. You're right. But you're right. Bad
2: sex can be kind of lame. Bad sex yeah, can you, be terrible. Exactly. I mean, like, like super bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you've totally uh, lost my plot now. You said that. Uh, but, like, if you compare it to other <laughs> Sims out there, like, I think. What it is that makes it so realistic? It's the lighting engine, you know, and the the sort of dare I call it next generation sort of graphical uh, sort of graphics interface, and the way that they put the, together the atmosphere, the weather. When you're flying through like the clouds, and you sort of you know in in that environment, that whole atmosphere together in VR, it's just amazing. It really is. It's incredible, um, and it's funny because. I've actually been, uh, I've been quite lucky, even during lockdown, it, Like we've had a few breaks where I've actually done some real flying recently. And I flew in a Cessna 172 uh, over Lady Bower and all around Derbyshire, which is sort of my local area. And uh, I thought, Do you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I literally got back home that evening. and I'm going to try this again in the sim. And this sounds crazy, right? I know it sounds crazy, but I actually, at one point, you know how memories can be so powerful that you can smell certain things? You know, you actually get that sense of smelling where you were during during that memory. I actually could, <laughs> I could smell the aircraft, the leather seat. I, it, it suddenly came up, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm sure I just smelt the aircraft then because mm-hmm. it was that real. I could look around in the G2, seeing all of that sort of the seats and everything in the panel, and I just thought, oh, my God, I'm actually here for a second. I was like, wow, that's just... And that's what VR is all about, isn't it, really? Wow. Like, actually. <laughs> wow, that's crazy, man. That's really good. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. So, I mean, from that standpoint, <laughs> it is ridiculously uh, immersive. It really is. But there's a lot of bad things as well. It's not all good. Okay. You know? let's,
1: let's let's first of all focus on, on the good things first, and let's yeah. get to the back, bad points later. So, first of all, uh, you are flying yourself in real life?
2: Yes. Wow. So I'm not up pilot, although I do, I've, I've got, I'm very lucky. I've got a few friends who fly and they let me fly the, uh, the aircraft. And I am <laughs> sort of <laughs> thinking about doing, you know, a bit a bit of actual, do, do the training because it would be cool to do it. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I've i landed a few Cessnas with, um, you know, with obviously my pilot friend in, the, you know, checking, making sure I'm doing it right. Otherwise you can grab the controls. You yeah, landed a Cessna? It, <laughs> well, man, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. But you, you you don't have the, the, the license actually? no 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 <laughs> oh, wow just, that is cool busy. man i like it i yeah, like it. it yeah it's cool so it, it kind of gives me an idea of sort of what it should feel like you know i'm certainly no pilot so i'm not uh, you know I'm, i'll never profess to be there's there's a lot of more knowledgeable people out there in terms of sort of how the physics of flying all work and everything but in terms of how it felt and you know doing that flight back to back I think was, was the real turning point for me that I thought, you know what, they've nailed this in terms what? of sort of how it feels. Yeah, it's just insane. It's amazing, wow. honestly, it really is. I think, if I'm honest, I think the Reverb G2 helped as well, because the audio on that thing is just incredible. And obviously, with the visual clarity you get from it, it, it really just put you there like like nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's, that's so, yeah. fantastic.
1: Cool. That sounds so great. Um, and so, so tell us, um, how is it compared to the other flight sims, to 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 X Eleven or to Aerofly
2: FS Two? Well, to be honest, if I if someone came up to me and said, I you know, I'm I'm into I want to get into flight sims and I'm not really I don't really know much about it, I would actually I wouldn't recommend uh, Microsoft Flight Sim. I'd actually recommend Aerofly FS Two because. That sim in VR is so good on performance. It's so smooth. You know, you just basically, you don't have to mess around with anything. You get straight into the cockpit and you're just flying and it's really easy to get going. I would consider like X-Plane and Microsoft Flight Simulator as as the heavyweights. You know, you you have to spend time setting it up. And, you know, I was actually thinking of Tony uh, during all the tweaking I've been doing and I was thinking, (laughs) you would hate this. You would absolutely (laughs) just hate this. And I totally get it. A lot of people are going to have such a frustrating time with it because, you know, you can't, you cannot just install it buy a VR headset from Argos or wherever you go Best Buy. Go, right, I'm going to put this on and try it. If you did that, it would be, you'd probably be really disappointed and you'd probably feel a bit sick because the frame rate won't be very good. So for that, I think some of the other sims are still really relevant. The AeroFlight FS2, that runs at a solid I mean, you can get 90 uh, frames per second in that sim, and and you can certainly get 60 frames per second. uh, And it's so smooth that you know that there is definitely a calling for other sims to still exist. It's not like this has completely swamped the market and it's just going to be the only sim to use from now on. I think you know this. I think it has its place, but the other sims, like X Plane 11 as well, I think, uh, which does VR better in terms of the motion controllers, which I'll talk about in a minute does it better so it's it's not a complete washout mm. it's the best thing and that's it job right. done okay you know, kind of thing. <laughs> okay
1: but talking about getting into the game like i i checked it for a moment i, I didn't spend enough time so i just i, looked, ask if I you tried it yeah. i just looked into it and what i saw there were there seemed to be quite a lot of tutorials like where you as a total beginner it would kind of teach you a bit right for the that's Microsoft, funny. I
2: haven't actually, I haven't looked at that. Okay, actually, okay, it, which is really bad. But I think they have got a tutorial yeah, they do section have. how to fly the Cessna, and they're making that better. And I think that's really important super for important. any newcomers. Yeah. Exactly. Apparently.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, what you just said before, like how how tough it is to get into it, I think I think it's so true. Like also for X Plane Eleven, if if you put it on and then you start to play, you, you just start to play. And then you have like the G2 or another headset or probably the G2. Yeah, I couldn't, it, it wouldn't click first, you know? I couldn't, it couldn't, I couldn't use it in VR because my controller, it would not accept the click. Yeah, right? well, it like, that's what?
2: Just it It, it, it this, just no sucks. not motion control of support at all. It,
1: yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but in X, in X, in X in Pen 11, oh, I, oh, I was, like, I was talking about X 11 now. Sorry,
2: yeah, the thing is with that is that actually at the moment it's um, laminar. Need to do an update to get the Revo Re- 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 G2 controllers compatible. Right. All of the controllers they work really well in that sim, and I've got to say, okay. X Plane 11 for its VR uh, sort of implementation is stellar. Okay. Because you, you've got the controller and you can use it. Unfortunately, at the moment, the G2 controllers they're not compatible. But hopefully, any day <laughs> now, Laminar are going. They're, they're aware of the uh, it needs fixing. They need so. to do that.
1: They absolutely yeah, need to do that. Dragging right? their
2: heels on it, if I'm honest, but uh, yeah. hopefully it'll be sorted very soon
1: okay okay yeah, yeah so let's talk a bit more about microsoft flight simulators so what is good so the graphics are good you said right and um like what else like um, the realism if you fly above yeah. you fly around london and you oh can totally God, see everything it's... or i can fly to my home it's... and see it i can see the mic i can see
2: the the mrtv headquarters if i fly around Duapen. yeah, sure <laughs> <Really>? yeah <laughs> okay that... I, I don't want to just get hung up on just graphics because it's not really just about the eye candy, even though it's incredible. It's just how it's implemented in the sim. For, you know, I have longed for the day where I could fly. And over there, there's a huge, scary thunderstorm that I've got to, um, you know, fly around. And over here, it's beautiful and clear. And, I, and if I go through that thunderstorm, I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to have all over the windshield. And I'm going to, you know, it, and, and to see that towering uh, sort of weather system move across the sky in real time all across the world wow i just think it's absolutely amazing and then on top of that you've got the terrain which is the entire planet ortho imagery you know so when you go on google maps or whatever it's that level of detail down to about i think in terms of uh, the zoom level i think it's like zoom level 21 or 22 which basically means it's sort of Incredibly crisp, you'll be able to see the car that was parked outside your house when that photo was, was taken, even the color of it and everything. Um, all over the world, I just think, and it's free, there's no subscription, you know. And all this, info, all this data is being uh, up, you know, updated on a regular basis, and okay. it's just 60 pounds. I, I just think that's incredible, isn't it? That's I, I just pretty good. We've got to a point now where. We should be realising, like, this is revolutionary, you know, just in terms of how all this comes together. And then the flight model as well. People complain about the flight model, but at the moment, the the default aircraft that come with it, are they're just a starting point. They are. They really are just a starting point. When we get payware quality aircraft, which, by the way, you know, I mean, for you guys, you might not know, but aircraft themselves can be up to £100 or more just to buy for the sim, you know, but you're talking of absolute comprehensive, really study-level aircraft that every switch, every knob, every procedure is modeled to the exact that you would expect in the real aircraft. That will come eventually. And uh, this sim is just the foundation of what's to come in the future. And it's just, oh, God, honestly. It's a
1: <laughs> you seem to be very it.
2: happy about it. Yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah, I've <laughs> literally, I spent 50 hours flying it just in the beta. And I've, I haven't, wow. I've literally flown every day since it's been released. It's just it's, a, it's an incredible experience i'm very i think i think we're very lucky to be alive during this sort of revolution of uh vr and flying honestly it's brilliant <laughs> yeah but what what do you do from where to where do you fly normally <laughs> well yeah <laughs> I, know, I think this is a good thing actually because it's a good point i think most people once they've flown over their own house and they've done maybe a few tours they'll be like what do i do next and that's i guess that's it's for for us flight simmers, you know, we we are quite happy doing the same routes, you know, and every time every flight is different. You'll have different weather. the 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 artificial intelligence traffic, which is real traffic fed into the sim, is different every time as well. Uh, so you're going to get a 747 landing. Well, you won't anymore, actually. It's a bad example. Man, didn't quite anymore. For, for, uh,
1: sorry, man. Uh, I just have to say thank you. Thank you so much <laughs> to Eliza Ang, to my wife, who has just donated me 30 euros for beers. Woohoo! What? Thank you. Just, thank just, you, just, my just, darling. <laughs> that's why I married her. Now you know. Now you know. She's the She's the best wife ever. Thank you so much. And I know it's also for you, Eliza. I know we're going to drink those beers together. <laughs>
2: so cool right melissa i know you're watching this could you just donate um
1: 20 yeah he also needs he also needs some beer thank you yeah sorry sorry man i i totally i totally
2: disturbed i totally stopped you you need to stop me on this because i will literally just go off on one so you need to stop just so i can calm down again because it's just so good i'm honestly so passionate about it wow Wow. Hey, and Steve. thank you for a four
1: oh. sec chart for five euro. Love this enthusiasm. Yes, man. Thank you. More beers.
2: Sure. I appreciate it. He's a big support of my channel as well. So I really appreciate okay, it. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I was going to
0: ask you so, what which graphics card do you have and like
2: which Hotas and stuff? Or like, what is all Perfect. the equipment that you're using with this? Great question. Uh, yeah, good question, actually. Um, well, actually, um, I'm, I'm only using a 1080 Ti card. So, and it's like the smallest little card you've ever seen in your life. It's like I think it's the Zotac Mini series, uh, and it's it's you know it's got its tongue out. You know, it's it's really working hard. And but I've been tearing my hair out this last few weeks trying to get the optimum setting. And that there, there's so many different ways you can you can angle this in terms of you know performance. And this sim is a nightmare on performance. It really is. It's a beast of a sim. And it's meant to last for the next 10 years. And I think people need to realize that you can't just put, push all those settings to ultra and then not everything will work. It won't. It'll be 10 frames per second and and you'll just hate it. It'd be horrible. It's I guess, see it as a, it's going to be a fine wine. It's going to age and get better and better. And just like, just, just, and just like us. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too right, yeah. But uh, So it's one of those things that it needs tweaking. You're going to have to lower those graphics sliders because they're going to... They're going to (laughs) hurt, otherwise, you know. Um, But but it's still beautiful, but it's still beautiful with your 1080 Ti and your G2. It's it's still beautiful. I always say this, right? Basically, if you run this SIM on Ultra with a, a, a monitor, a screen, it will look great. But if you run this SIM on low to medium, but you're in VR, it will look way better than it would do on a monitor at Ultra, if that makes sense, you know, because you're inside the environment. You are there, you know, inside the cockpit. And you, you actually, when you're looking at Mont Blanc or Mount Everest, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> it's exactly the one-to-one scale that the real thing would be. And it's just, you don't, you, you're you not thinking, oh, my graphics sliders are a little bit low. You're thinking, oh my God, I'm, <laughs> right, I'm right here next to this mountain, you know.
1: You're right. What okay. about the
0: CPU? Is, is it CPU intensive? Like if somebody has kind of a weak sauce CPU, would they kind of need like, one of the absolute best CPUs.
2: This sim demands the best hardware, full okay. stop. To be honest, and uh, I always say, even this it's quite frustrating. I think there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of their performance. Uh, I think VR has really shown actually the cracks and, and the holes within this the performance of this sim, which is still in its infancy. And I think a a CPU with a high clock is still important. I mean, my I've got an 8600 eight, i five uh, chip, Intel. And I'm I'm overclocking that to five gigahertz. And it makes a huge difference from its stock clock speed. Uh, so, yeah, I think CPU power is it's still very important, uh, without a doubt. Um, Actually, I think for this
1: game, it is even more important than your graphics cards. I heard like, because for this game, they didn't quite make it to be like multi-core, right? And they want to get there, but it's not like like no. right now. And no, This is I'm,
2: like a, one of the problems. Yeah, it's um, it's really frustrating, really, because uh, I just know that this sim could run so much better. Uh, it's just that you need to sort of uh, really spend some time with the optimizations of it, and it will get there. I mean, I think uh, we'll get there eventually, but it's just at this stage right now, we just need to see where it's going, you know, rather than we're not there yet uh, kind of thing. But okay. Uh, yeah. So,
1: and um, are you running your G2 on, on 50% super sampling or are you using it on um, 100% or probably um, 10%? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to make it work.
2: 10% to scale, honestly. It runs at 90 frames per sec. I can't see anything. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but you know you are in the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just feels like a fog, you know. Yeah, like yeah. you're flying through a fog, yeah. Uh, makes yeah, sense. Absolutely, yeah, totally. But <laughs> I just... I suppose the bad news is, is the Reverb G2 really suffers the most in this sim. It just does, and a lot of that is because of SteamVR and the fact that it's been, it's been the render scale slider in SteamVR has been wrong for the G1 for about a year or two, and we haven't all realised. I've been running SteamVR at half resolution on my uh, Reverb G1 for years, thinking it was it's brilliant. This is the full res, but it wasn't. But the thing is, with Windows Mixed Reality it's straight in with that, uh, 2k per eye, uh, 2160 by 2160 display. So suddenly you put, oh yeah, it worked in X plane. It worked in DCS. I'm just going to put my ren scale at hundred. Oh my God. I'm getting 15 frames per second. This is rubbish. So you have to be aware of that, but I mean, there are some tweaks that I've come across that really help. And I now can run the Reverb G2 at full resolution pretty much. And it's so sharp and I'm getting decent frame rate, uh, I can go into that at some point if we've got time. But yeah, you can, uh, yeah. you can
1: Actually, you can see it now, how you okay. do
2: it. Well, there's a program that everybody needs to download called OpenXR. It's a Windows Mixed Reality development tool. Uh, and That is, is so imperative. Even if you're running SteamVR, if you bought it on SteamVR, you can change your uh, runtime so that it runs in Windows Mixed Reality instead, because it runs so much better than SteamVR. It's actually quite a pig in that at the moment. It, you know, I'll have loads of stutters, and I'll look, I'll look that way, and I'm still looking this way, and I'll feel sick, and it's horrible, and it's like, oh, this is no. I think that's where some people are actually saying it doesn't work very well because, tr- basically, if you if you use the OpenXR uh, developer app, there actually is a resolution scale slide. I'm looking at it now just to make sure I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I would recommend, basically, downscaling. There's a, there's a render you know like in Steam VR when you can change the scale yeah right right it's it's the same thing but in, for for Windows Mixed Reality users this is a brand new thing honestly Windows Mixed Reality they've done they've actually upgraded the core components uh, that we've all that we've needed for so long in terms of actually being able to adjust the performance and okay. we now can change the resolution sc- uh, slider if you take that back to fifty percent okay so fifty percent outside the sim and then. Sorry, I'm going back to Skype again, because <laughs> see you guys. Uh, if you take that back to 50% and then in the sim, keep that to 100%, you get a really sharp image. I mean, properly sharp. I was in, the, uh, in a business jet uh, the other day, and I was looking. It's so tiny text. And I thought, there's no way I can read this, but now I can really clearly uh just by knocking down the open xr slider it's that it's very complicated stuff and we okay. might have to go back to this another time but um
1: but you have a video it, about this on your channel
2: i do i have I, yeah i explain it all in on my channel so you know if you if you want kind to of check those videos out that'd be great and i'm going to update them you know the more sort of tweaking i find out because this thing is changing by the day you know literally there's more performance tweaks coming out uh and i think uh even in a week's time from now, there's going to be something amazing that we found I thought, "Oh, that, makes, that gives us an extra 10 frames per second or whatever." So, okay, you know, perfect. So, yeah. So definitely, all of you who are watching this
1: and who are listening to this show, check out VR Flight Sim Guy on YouTube. You're going to find Steve's channel, and it's just perfect if you want to find the best settings for Microsoft Flight Simulator and, in general, amazing content. This was a shameless plug for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I'll, yeah. I'll drink that. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, My perfect. Tea. Yeah, great. So so that's really cool. I'm also going to look forward, actually, to look into that game. But I have not yet spent so much time in flight sims in general, but I, I, I believe it must be amazing that you could actually learn flying from a VR game. I believe that you could really yeah. learn pl- flying the Cessna, for example, right? Is it like this? Is it? Am I right? absolutely it's so cool the,
2: yeah the, the royal air force are now using vr uh uh and so is the us air force i'm sure they're using uh the reverb g2s as part of their program uh certain parts i think it's the navy or something i can't remember what it is now but yeah it's, it, there's a certain squadron that are using vr now okay. um and i think the reason for that actually is just the it's the perception isn't it really like when when I was fl- when I fly in real life, you're not re- your your head's outside the cockpit. You're looking around for visual references. You're you know you, if you're on a sort of circuit and you're coming into land, you you understand how high you are, and you know on a flat screen, it's my landings are terrible when I'm trying to fly with a monitor. I, it's really bad because I don't really know how far I am from the ground, and it's just that you know you don't really have that situational awareness. But in VR, of course that's its biggest uh, sort of huge positive that you can look around, you can look for other traffic, say for DCS and combat sims. I was flying the Spitfire of the day, by the way, and I was in a World War II crazy battle with some 109s. And I was looking out and I was seeing this 109 and I was, as I was, I wasn't looking at the instruments, I was looking at the plane and bringing the plane around to it. You can't do that on a, uh, a flat screen. It's, you, you just don't have that ability. Um, So that translates hugely into the real thing. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Great. Okay. So um, in general,
1: you are very happy about the Microsoft Flight Simulator and you would say you do not need a
2: 3090 to enjoy this. (laughs) I would actually, uh, I wouldn't recommend a 3090 actually. In fact, I wouldn't recommend buying a card right now. I'd recommend waiting for the 3080 Ti card, which I believe isn't out yet. I don't think. It's It's not out yet, no. Because it, it this this sim needs VRAM, it needs lots of memory uh, because of all those textures. So you okay. know you need lots of memory. Uh, that's the one I'm going to go for anyway. Uh, okay. The thirty ninety card is amazing, of course. It, it does is. have it's lots really... of
1: memory. The thirty ninety, but it, it you need lots yeah, of. dough.
2: <laughs> it's just the, the cost just <laughs> yeah, outweighs the performance yeah, gains. Exactly, you know, it doesn't make sense. Pe- people still getting thirty frames per second with a thirty ninety card. I mean, if if I bought a a car that expensive, I'd want it to run perfect and it just isn't right now so okay. i just don't think it's a good idea quite yeah, honestly, but anyways it's,
1: it's it's great to hear that there are some kind of hacks just like what you said like about the open xr stuff and i'm totally going to check this out thanks to your videos
2: yeah. yes yeah no worries right. I'm, like, it's just it's just basically just a a period of just you know trying th- some things and then and then going back and and just tweaking really and okay. us flight sim is we like to tweak we like to mess <laughs> around and it you know it's part of the fun i suppose is is pushing our PCs to the max, pushing what's possible okay. in VR as well to the, to the maximum, really. You know. Got it.
1: So, Steve, tell us, what are the bad things about Microsoft Flight Simulator? So, you said you there are some bad things that you of don't course. like. So, so what course, is it? Yeah. Like, you can't really I mean, use your controllers. I think that's, for uh, me, that yeah. was
2: kind of a downer. I mean, some people don't really mind it, but I just think once you've used a, a, a motion controller... Um, you can't go back, really. And I don't even mean using, I don't mean flying with a motion controller. I mean, using all of the, you know, like say in a, in a huge sort of uh, airliner, you've got the overhead panel, haven't you? You've got all the, the switches and stuff. And part of the VR experience is being there and reaching exactly where that button will be and like, oh, I need to switch my landing lights on, I need to press something, I need to go, you know, the FMS is usually right down here, so you're doing this, so you're active, you're moving around the cockpit, so actually that, and and in terms of the real life flying, you know, you remember where things are in the real plane, because you are moving to wherever it is, so, and each aircraft is completely different, of course, so a Spitfire is going to be different from a Cessna, and a Cessna is going to be different from an airline, obviously, so, each aircraft has its own bespoke feeling of being there. Now, without that controller support, you're just using a mouse. No. And it's just it ruins the immersion. It that's totally so funny. For me. So so, you know? so
1: you're you're sitting in that airplane with your G2 or with your Rift S on, and then you have to use the
2: mouse? A mouse, yeah. No! So, oh, it's wrong. That's so bad. It? <laughs> that's wrong. I just, I just honestly, it's such a shame. Oh, that's bad. Um, I'd, so, I, no, I'd, I mean, I don't want to, you know, be too down on it, because sobo which are the team that put this together um actually um when they first when when because uh, quite a few of the flight sim community uh went to go and see vr and i, I can can i mention a channel name actually i'd like to mention Baldiode channel and uh bam uh i think bambino tech these two guys are huge vr youtubers and the vr pilot as well i think he's actually in the chat now so these guys actually some of them went to Microsoft Flight Simulator and to, to to preview it and the first thing they said is How's the VR? How's it going? And they're like, What what? We're not gonna put VR in this sim <laughs> Are you <laughs> serious? What? You it's Release ridiculous. A Flight Simulator. Exactly. Releases Flight Sim in twenty twenty without VR. That's ridiculous. That's the worst. That's yeah. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> it's not good right. at all. But, so i think really it's a bit of a rush job if i'm honest they've done a great okay. job but it's not finished yet and i really do think that motion controllers is the big elephant in the room for me there's a few other things but i think that's the that's the big deal here for me I, they need to get that sorted out Got it. do you think eventually they'll have flight sims where you have hand tracking
0: combined with like a physical hotas that is also tracked So your hand, you know, your hand on top of the, and it's all tracked. And then the other question I have too is, are there, is there anybody like super crazy with it where they actually create like Cessna, you know, like all the switches and everything and somehow have that connected where it's like you flick a physical switch and it actually, and then if you had hand tracking with that as well. That seems like the ultimate immersion. And then go even go one step further, go to a VR arcade and have all the motion sensors and all that. So you're like moving around at the same time. I mean, I don't know, it probably costs like twenty-five thousand dollars to create (laughs) An and then go one
2: step like further that. and get your actual pilot's license. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Just like... do the
1: real thing, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I think, you know, honestly, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a proper aviation geek, but I'm on the scale, like I'm probably like two or three out of ten. Like cause some guys that have got their own basement or whatever they've got for, with a full like airliner cockpit. And I guess once you've got yourself centered, everything that you will touch will be exactly where it is in the real thing so long as the scaling's correct. But there is AeroFly FS2 that has not really hand tracking as such, but uh, you see your hand and you can actually grab the controller with it and use the stick, and you can flick switches. Uh, the Rift S controller works really well with this. In fact, even the Reverb controllers do, and you can like brush your hand over the switches, and it's so, it, and you get a little that's, that's great. feedback, you know. And that, that's a really old sim now, and it's doing doing things far better, you know, above its time in in some some ways really, and. That's where I think this is what I mean about other sims. They still have a firm place for as flight sims for VR. It's not, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator is fantastic. And the immersion, the feeling of being there is better. But then it falls down quickly when you think about how VR has been implemented in it. And there's a sort of ways to go with it at the moment anyway. Right. Uh, Actually, uh, for this kind of idea where like your
1: hands are tracked in virtual reality and then you can flick the switches, I heard something like this a year ago or probably, is it already two years ago when there was this uh, leap motion was still a big thing?
2: Yeah, it is. There
1: there was a game where you could actually uh, flip the switches for a flight
2: sim. Funny enough, this has been around for a lot longer than people realize. There was a program and I can't remember the name of it now that used to be a thing you'd buy uh, and actually, it would interject VR into Sims that didn't have VR support. What okay. was it called? Anyone in the chat could rem- remember the name of it. Oh, how annoying. And that had leap motion technology. Okay. Now, I mean, it wasn't actually, you'd still need a controller for it, but you could then flip the switches and right. could, like pin- pinch your fingers together, then turn the dials. Thats just so cool. Um, I, really I think that's that. where we're
1: going it should be yeah. it should be a reality i mean like the, now the quest 2 already has like 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 great hand tracking it's just the next step to you to really use it right so tony i would like to ask you are you into flight sims or have you tried one or would you become one or mm-hmm. is your patience just like my patience okay it has to go now it has to work now <laughs> yeah
0: i'm kind of like um well there the thing is there's so many games that are constantly coming that
2: Fly inside, I For
0: say. me personally, I, I really like Fallout 4 VR, and I would just spend four months playing Fallout 4 VR. But I can't do that because there's just so many games that are constantly coming out. So it's like I don't these games that absorb your entire life, like a No Man's Sky or Microsoft Flight, you know, where you you're going to really get into it. You're going to play it every day. You're going to play hours every day um i i actually deliberately avoid these games just because i know that i can't invest that kind of time in it i've never played elite dangerous i've never played it because i just think i just think i'm not going to invest like four and a half hours just to learn how to play it when i just i just don't have time man so i stick with but the flip side of that is you never get super deep with a game either and so they're they're It's, you know, there's two sides of the coin and and people that get super deep into a game where they're just dedicating all this time to a game. They see so many little subtle things that you'd never see on the surface when you're just like skimming it. And so, you know, there's two different ways to play games, kind of.
1: Totally agreed. And yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I don't simply have the time to spend like 10 hours just to understand the game and to be able to play the game. But I'm sure once you are there, it must be amazing, right? Some, yeah, some deeper games that will need this kind of time. Yeah, just like Elite Dangerous, exactly. You you just need the time to really grasp it. But then Steve, it just a quick yeah. question. Um,
0: for a total noob, like somebody like me, never screwed with any flight simulator ever. Do you think if I were like if I did get Microsoft Flight Simulator and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this, how many days, how many hours do you think I would need to spend just to get up to speed barely?
2: Probably about three years. <laughs> 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 I, I think to be honest, you you you're gonna need some extra help really in terms of sort of setting it up. And you're gonna be at a disadvantage because not only have you never flown or done flight sims, so you've got that learning curve of flying, learning to fly you've also got the massive learning curve of actually getting it all set up. So I really, I actually wouldn't recommend <laughs> Microsoft Flight Simulator, actually. And I, I'm surprised I'm saying this, really. So but what honestly, would you I'd... recommend? AeroFly FS2, okay. definitely. Yeah, it's a fantastic sim. It's really easy. You can get up within a few minutes and suddenly, you know, and it, the immersion's good enough. And of course, the performance is so good that, you know, even a 1070 card or even, you know, lower spec uh, PCs can handle it really well. You'll be in the cockpit, and maybe, maybe once you've tried that, and it's on on the Steam, it, it, it's often on sale for about twenty five pounds or something. Once you spend, uh, you know, a bit of time with it, then you'll know whether you want to continue with it, if you want to commit to it. And I think at that point, it would be a good idea to maybe. And then, I mean, I just think at the moment, with the way Microsoft it hasn't even been released that long, I just think they're still finding their feet with it, and it's just not ready for people who are, you know, new to the genre. Um, oh, that's tough. That's, me. that's bad me saying that, really. But I just feel, honestly, Aeroflip fs 2 is, is the better sim for people who are starting out because you, you, you need to have that thirst to enjoy it, you know. And your first impressions of any game, they stay, don't they? You know, and if you're going to load it up and have a horrible time, you're not going to go back to it and you'll have this stigma attached to it, whatever, you know, so I, I think,
1: yeah. Okay, Good. So, probably start with this first, Tony, Aerofly. <laughs> so, we have well, one someone qu- in the comments. Exactly. Sorry, I, just, I just want to get to this question, I think. Jose yeah. de Gueva, right? Could you ask Steve if he doesn't feel that the planes are off scale, too tiny? For example, the Cessna 152? Is
2: it that the that's question that you want to answer? That's a, no, it's a very good question, actually. Um, yes, I actually feel that some of the aircraft are really small, actually. and And, you know, and that's one thing I noticed. Uh, The 152 is bizarrely small, Um, so some of the scaling is a bit wrong, and I think that's not helping the resolution, because some of the dials are way smaller than they are in the real thing. Some of the third-party planes, like Carinado, the Ovation, that's really nice, that's perfect. And the 172, actually, I think that's probably about right, Um, but it's not like I fly it every day, so I can't really say for certain, but there's definitely a bit of an issue with some of the scaling in some of the aircraft, Uh, definitely.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah, that's that's interesting to know. Hmm, strange. All right, cool. We've spent the first fifty minutes on Microsoft Flight Simulator. No, we- <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, <laughs> unbelievable. <Obviously>, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's a, it's a it's a topic that lots of people find interesting, and uh, I think especially for virtual reality, that's just the perfect use case for VR, right? To sit in that thing and to fly oh, that's cool. Great. Is there any last word that you have for Microsoft Flight Simulator,
2: dear Steve? <laughs> <laughs> just to say someone in the comment if a few people are saying vtol vr that's another great sim guys honestly I, in fact, i'd recommend that tony over aerophilus too because you'd love that because uh, it's just fun you know it, the, ele- the the emphasis on having a laugh and fun and, and just the feeling of flight that's the important thing and the feeling of flight in microsoft flight simulator just to go back to that to uh, wrap this up it is amazing i mean at the end of the day Microsoft Flight Simulator, where it's going, excites me like no other sim. There, there is some work to do, but honestly, if you want the the most ultimate experience of flying a general aviation aircraft and uh, you know just experiencing what it's like to fly through different weather, the atmosphere, do a world tour, you know, I mean, in these COVID times we're living in, you know, it's a great way to travel. And you look down and, and you see cities. Like I was, I was flying around Strasbourg the other day. And it's a, a photogrammic city, city. So it's all 3D. So it's exactly exactly how it should look. And it's like that for the, well, not the photogrammetry, but it's, the detail is there for the entire world. What they're doing, it's never been done before. It's groundbreaking. And anything groundbreaking and pushing the boundaries is going to have teething problems. And that's exactly what this is. But when it's all said and done, it's absolutely friggin' awesome. It's re- wow. <laughs> brain tricking real. Brain real. Okay. Reel.
1: And it's, yeah. it's better than bad sex. That's what we learned. That, that's
2: great. <laughs> that should be their slogan. I'm going to email them.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Microsoft Mad Simulator, better than bad <laughs> sex.
2: <laughs> yeah. Perfect.
1: We found it out during the third episode of the Next I Dimension that. podcast. That's amazing. That is brilliant. That is brilliant indeed. Yeah. Okay, cool. Perfect. So this is the first um the first topic was Microsoft Flight Simulator. And now we're getting to the big topic of the show today. It's like we look back at 2020. We're looking back at the best VR games and we're looking back at the back at the best VR hardware. And now since we're more people than in the very beginning of the show, this show is also all about giving you the power to vote and to join this podcast. So you can vote now, what is your favorite VR game of 2020? Check out the link down in the description of this video. And also you can choose what is your favorite VR hardware of 2020. 2020 please cast your vote now during the show at the end of the show i'm not going to forget this time to tell you the results (laughs) of these um of these um yeah um polls and that's that's how you can join this podcast next to of course being in the chat and and, um putting your questions here yeah cool so now what do you guys want to start with do you want to start with uh, the games or do you want to start with the hardware Well, we just talked
0: about games, so uh, a game, kind of. uh,
1: So maybe we (laughs) should (laughs) switch to hardware. (laughs) Okay. I like it. I like it. So this year, oh no, last year, last year, we are in 2021 now. Yes, good. Good thing we are in 2021. Last year, we had a few new VR headsets. We had the Oculus Quest 2 and I must honestly tell you, I was surprised, I was really surprised, very seldom did it happen in the world of technology that we have a successor to a hardware, to a new headset so fast. The Quest Quest 1 was just on the horizon, uh, was just like launched the year before. Basically, right? It was like not even a year. Not even a year. It was like yeah, a bit longer. I think one. It was it was released in in May two thousand and eighteen. I believe. Wow, I never knew it was that short of a distance. No, uh, two thousand nineteen. It was two thousand nineteen. May two thousand nineteen. The Quest One launched exactly, and then this year, October thirteenth. So a bit over a year only a bit over a year and then we had yeah, the not to- a year
0: and a half yeah you're right you're right less than a year and a half less than a year and, and a half pretty crazy
1: oh my goodness really i couldn't believe it and when the first rumors went out i was so sure okay this is simply going to be like a quest light i was so sure i was here like making a show a live show and i was telling the world you, you know guys this is going to be a 199 dollar quest with exactly the same stuff, but everything just like a bit cheaper. And um, yeah, simply simply like a light version of the Quest. And then, no, it has the XR2 chipset. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then the VR world totally went crazy. So um, how was your perception of the Quest 2, Tony? What did you think? W- when, it first, when we first heard about it, like the first rumors, did you also think this is going to be a Quest Lite for 199 dollars Or what did you think at that time?
0: yeah well see the weird thing is see i thought it was either going to be a quest light like what we're talking about here or maybe facebook would shock it and it would really be like this quest Two. but the thing is i gotta be honest it kind of is a quest light really okay so the xr2 snapdragon is thrown in there but other nobody's that, using it <laughs> There's right? no well. There's no game changing tech. There's no like eye tracking. There's no like scene recognition. We don't have like full color pass through. There, there's a lot of things that this thing does. Like the only thing it did was it threw that Snapdragon in there, that XR2, and that is huge. I'm not trying to downplay that. But other than that, it's it's a quest. But I think it's what what I was really blown away by is just the combination of the price and just the overall package that they're delivering it's like get out of dodge man there's no one that can compete with this i don't know how any other company comes in now that they ruined it for
1: everybody it's kind of crazy it's like true right right w- w- what did you think um steve about uh, the quest 2 like when it was announced or the time before it was announced did you follow that or I just, were you, I... you, or were you or were you just flying around the world <laughs> in, in your Rift S, like
2: totally enjoying it? Like, like shut guess? up! I'm just in yeah. the Rift S. I just love it here. <laughs> no, I mean, I just I, I've got this like love-hate relationship with the Quest too. In fact, I nearly bought one the other day, and I still might buy one. But I, I just I don't know. It's one of those things that uh, they really have cornered the market, haven't they? Really, and uh, it, there's no, there's not really much r- movement for anybody else uh but i mean when it was i I just had to know i think i'm I'm warming to the idea of the quest 2 a bit more than i was before i think but uh in terms of what tony was saying it's actually interesting if 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 it was because i'm not really i don't really know a lot about it but the that xr chipset that was obviously its selling point but i guess for two was it 200 pounds now or something crazy like oh it's i think 300 pounds yeah i just think that's exceptional value for money even with the technology that it has in it now um how is anyone else going to compete? It's kind of... It's yeah, tough. It's, I, I don't think it's a good thing. I think that's Probably. their plan. I think <laughs> I that is their
1: evil plan. They don't it's want unfair. others to it's compete. Unfair. Yeah, It is unfair. <laughs> it is. Yeah, exactly. Because they can do this, can't they? They're huge. And yeah, right. I mean, we, we spent the whole last show talking about this, right? With yeah. Guy Godin. So there, there was pretty... That was an interesting episode. If you want to know more about like what Facebook is doing, check out episode 2 of the Next Dimension podcast where we talked with the maker of virtual desktop about the whole Facebook thing. Yeah, so I was I was just thinking um that Facebook did a phenomenal job like uh, for themselves, right? They they totally are out there. Of course, obviously, they are a company who wants to win over the whole market. Why not? That's what companies want to do. They want to dominate, right? That's We are living in capitalism. I'm not here to to just play. I want to dominate. I want to win this. And Facebook is just out there playing to win. And I think they've done... a phenomenal job doing that. If you just think about the whole strategy, it was everything was planned so perfectly. Right. So first of all, they tell us, yes, we, we, we have something new coming up and you have to use your Facebook account. Oh, no. <laughs> right, <laughs> Like like the, the people were like, oh, it's bad. It's so terrible. Like, oh, uh, yeah. On YouTube, people were like making videos about it and getting if it re- wasn't for that.
2: Maybe it would be even more
1: popular. Yeah, of, co- of course, of course. I, I, I <laughs> want to get to this, right? So, so there was the big outcry. Oh, I'm never going to use the Quest Two because we're being forced with Facebook and stuff. And yeah, so there was this this kind of outcry. And then, I think three weeks later, they they have the Facebook Connect and they tell the world about the Quest Two, which is only $299 and has the XR2 chipset. Okay, forget whatever I said three weeks ago. I'm buying that shit. (laughs) That was basically what lots of people were, were, how they were acting, right? Honestly, people forgot about the Facebook forced login, really. Once they heard it has the XR2 chipset, they forgot it. And it was just like the pure hype. It was just like, wow, it's cheap, it's good, it must be amazing. And yeah, Facebook has done an amazing job with it, really unbelievable like um they have planned everything perfectly right like the base model for 299 it is super cheap it has amazing value it is a nice um headset right you have amazing games in there all the games that you want to play beat saber and everything it's there and then if you want more okay then you have to buy the the link cable right? You have to buy the elite strap for another $129 with the battery, right? Because you want to have the battery to have like four hours. And then you get to that $400 price range, $500 price range. And then it's not so cheap anymore. But people don't <laughs> feel it. It's genius. No, honestly, yeah. guys, I really think they are doing like an unbelievable job here. Would you, wouldn't you agree to that? Yeah. And yeah. also,
0: the, the other aspect too, is like, we're Lots of people that watch our shows are like hardcore PC VR players, and they've played all these games for years and years. And so a lot of the games that are on Quest, they're kind of bored of them. But if you're a new person to VR, the library that they have for the Quest is ridiculous. It is hit after hit. And they're dialed in, they work well, there's no problems, there's no hiccups, you, you put the thing on, you're using it, you're in games, you're out of games, everything is so seamless, the friction has really Perfect. been reduced dramatically. Um, so people underestimate that aspect of it, that amazing library of back catalog that they have that isn't for us, it's not for us, it's for the new people.
1: Yeah, but, but the new people, really. I mean, if somebody new is asking me, hey, Sebastian, I want to get into VR, I would be crazy to tell him to go for an Index or a G2 because it's complicated. So okay, yeah. Um, yeah, you first have to buy a gaming PC, but better get <laughs> one with a 3080 or a 3070. <laughs> oh, but wait, it's tough to get it. <laughs> You're like what? like, this? I've lost them at this moment already, right? Yeah. And, and, then, yeah, and, then, uh, then, and then, okay, you have to... Spend like thousand US dollars for the gaming PC, but it's not so easy to get all the components right now. <laughs> and and then yeah, then you have to put up your base stations if you go for the index, right? And um, you have all to children, well, <laughs> find a new play uh, a good place for the base stations. Or if you go for the G 2 or oh, you have to be very careful because the lighting is so important for the tracking to work well. <laughs> right? Like what the what the <laughs> fuck? Honestly, I cannot I cannot recommend anything else than the Quest 2 to newcomers. It's crazy. There's absolutely no competition. And, you know, like I have this relationship with um, Facebook where I don't like them (laughs) in terms of what they're doing as a company. And like, yeah, it doesn't feel great because now I have to recommend the Quest 2. And there's always this, okay, but unfortunately, it's only so cheap because it's like subsidized with your privacy, with with your data, right? In the future, there's going to be Ads and they are analyzing everything that you can do, right? Uh, your movements and where you look at it. it's it always comes now with this but VR for me now comes with this big but and um, yeah, that's that's for me personally. I must say, I'm a bit sad about this but in general, I'm not sad about buts, but here <laughs> <I am. laughs> but, but for this in this moment, I am a bit sad
2: about this. Do you feel the same or do you're not caring about it? Uh, for me, if if I wasn't into flight simulations so crazy, I was a VR gamer. Oh my god, I'd probably go for a Quest 2. I really would. I mean, yeah. I'd, I just think like maybe if the Quest Three had a, a, a way to hardwire into an HDMI port on the back of your computer rather than this with link cable, if they did that, yeah. I'd 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 be on board then. I really would, and I hate to say it, but I would. Right, right. Because it's the link cable is the issue for me. Like you're 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 still losing so much the, the compression. Is it makes everything quite pixelated. Uh, yeah, but know, actually
1: now with the V twenty three software, they kinda get better? it they kind of get it down now. <laughs> I must really say it's it feels <laughs> like a good VR headset right now, even for PC VR with that um V twenty three software. It's it's pretty cool. It's, it's nice. And you can also use virtual desktop, right? The, vi- the wireless version, it just costs you $20. Don't even have to, to, to buy the $80 link cable. Yeah, it's like, wow. It's like there's so much value in that device. It's crazy, right? Tony, what do you say? Did you, did you buy it? You have it? Yeah, yeah. The Quest 2, did the I Quest buy two. it? The Quest 2, yeah, <laughs> of Yeah, <course>. absolutely, <laughs> right away. And
0: um, yeah, no, and I, on my Quest 2, I have the Deluxe Audio Strap which honestly, my personal opinion, that is the way to go. It That's is the cool. perfect marriage. The Deluxe Audio Strap with a Quest 2, because the Quest 2, it's only 10% lighter, which that doesn't seem like much of a difference, right? but it really is a difference, because I had my Deluxe Audio Strap on my regular Quest 1, and there's definitely a difference now. The The Deluxe Audio Strap, combined with that reduction in weight, it's almost like I don't really feel it very much at all. And, and that has changed the, the game for me. So, Wow. So you, you totally freaking love the Quest 2. I mean, other than the Facebook drama of all that, yeah, absolutely. And regarding the Facebook drama, <laughs> watch Episode 2. That's all we talked <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, about. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> we don't have to do the whole show again. Watch Episode <laughs> 2 of the podcast and then you will know everything. Yeah. Wow. So Quest 2... They did an amazing job. I must say, even I must admit it, right? Even though I'm like I'm, I really care about the Facebook privacy issues, absolutely. But again, they have done a really good job, a, a genius job. I must say, it it nearly feels like an Apple product now in terms of how seamless it is, how well designed it is. Like the unboxing, everything works together. You don't have to worry about any kind of uh, comp- compatibility issues, right? And, um,
2: that's the yeah. Totally... I, I, lo- I do love the idea yeah. of just buying a game and then putting my headset on and it and just then playing works it. 90 <laughs> frames. Yeah. yeah, just, <laughs> just playing just the game, playing the game it. that you bought. Yeah. Like how amazing yeah. is that? I, I, honestly, it, I actually yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> Less <Yes>. stressful, yeah. <laughs> Less See, stressful Steve, to play. You the got your
0: you got your man cave, right, with your <laughs> high-end PC setup. So it's like why do you really need a Quest too? But if you ever go on vacation, if you ever go to a cabin, you know, if you ever go camping, you could act like you might be able to use a quest 2 if you have, you know, the right lighting kind of overcast. You could be outdoors with it. Um, So it's great for that. Like if you're if you travel a lot, the quest 2 can travel with you and give you. an outstanding VR experience where you're up and running like, bam, within a couple of minutes, you just draw out your line, boom, you're instantly
1: up and playing. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Um, It's really, really good. And the thing is, it is even going to get better because that's what we saw with the Quest 1. They have simply improved it via software from month to month. Always new stuff coming. You can remember at one point, suddenly it had like the hand tracking, which worked really, really nicely. And I'm just telling you guys, but you know that yourselves. It's going to get better because at one moment in time they are going to use the power of the XR2 chipset. Right now they are not doing it because there's just too many people out there who still have the Quest One and who would feel very betrayed if now the games would come out, <laughs> which only would have like Quest Two compatibility. Compatibility, you know, compatibility. That's a freaking hard word for a German guy to say. Yeah, Com- like comp- compatibility, compatibility. It's a complicated word. Not so. At all. Yeah, for you. <laughs> Next time we do the show in German language. So, <laughs> so, so if, German beer, by the way. Yeah, German, German beer. That's good. Good. Very good nice. Good or not. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to get better. I'm just thinking what's going to happen if Lone Echo 2 comes out and it's a Quest 2 game. Wow. mind's blown. I believe that. The people who still have the Quest 1, they're going to sell it for the Quest 2, and then, ah, it's going to be incredible. Tony, do you think Lone Echo 2 is going to be a Quest 2 game? Well, here's what I will say. This idea of this
0: XR2 chip, and then, like, when are we going to get into this problem? Like, when is this problem going to happen where we have certain games that, oh, it doesn't work on that one, and, and then you get into a whole new world, right? We don't have that yet. We actually do have that with Rec Room, there is a couple of experiences in Rec Room, I believe, that require a quest, too. They do not work on the quest really? one. Okay. Also, yeah, there at least one experience that does that. Also, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is in development for the quest, but it's like an exploratory development. So they're trying to figure out, can they get this game working on the quest? And there's a possibility that they can get it working on the quest, too, but that... Trying to get it working on the Quest 1 is just like, nah, it's not going to happen. And then Lone Echo 2. So, yeah, the the question is, are we going to get to a point where we are going to have exclusive things that are on Quest 2 that just simply don't work on Quest 1? And how does that transition work? How butthurt are people that have a Quest 1? You know, are they able to, like, smooth it over? Is it is it seamless or... Are people like really up in arms about it? It's going don't to be think interesting so. to see how that plays out.
1: I think so too, Tony. It's going to be interesting, but I, I honestly think that Facebook is going to give uh shit <laughs> just like they <laughs> just like they gave a shit about the rift s owners i mean how how un- unhappy must the rift s owners be right they they have been neglected for for years now right when the quest 1 got hand tracking they were saying like yeah but we could also get hand tracking we also have the cameras <laughs> right no you're not getting it you dirty <laughs> dirty rift s owners no no <laughs> i say so true no really really like they they won't give a they won't give a shit about those um rift uh, quest 1 owners they will give the the quest 1 owners a good reason to sell that old useless device and finally get a quest 2
2: that's for sure so i, I think, think even like yeah. 6 months uh you know say before the rift when the rift s was released maybe even 6 months uh you know say if you, if you fast forward that, you know, maybe six, seven months' time, I don't think they would have released it. I think it was that close of a call for them, I think, you know.
1: It's a a very, very close call, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to care so much about these few hundred thousand who have the Quest 1 when the Quest 2 is so cheap and the Quest 1 owners can sell the Quest 1 for, I don't know, $150 and, and then simply pay the rest and get the Quest 2. I think that's going to happen. And I still believe Lone Echo 2 is going to be a Quest 2 exclusive and it will make so many people jump into that kind of uh, Quest ecosystem. Those who don't do this yet because they have a Rift S and they can still play most games in the Rift wait, wait.
0: shop, right? Sebastian, you're yeah. saying that Lone Echo 2 will not be on the Oculus Rift store? Yeah. Like you that's won't even be think. able to buy it on the exactly. Rift store? Exactly. Just
1: like the Star Wars Edge wow. of the Galaxy. That's what I'm saying. That's bad news. That is truly that's, bad news. That's what I believe because there's, they're going so much away from that Rift store, right? You, you couldn't play this uh, Star Wars Tales of Galaxy's Edge. You couldn't play it. You had to have Quest. And it's obviously going into this direction that the Quest store is where it's at, right? So so Medal of Honor was one of the last games, probably one of the last big games that you could get there. But yeah, I don't think, no, no. I think Lone Echo 2 is going to be a Quest 2 game. That's wow. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm <laughs> thinking.
2: Is that the, the start of the, of the demise of the PC VR game? That's, that's for <laughs> sure. Oh, man, that's yeah.
1: in general. It's also what we talked about in Episode 2. So, yeah. Episode 2 was good. <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely, um, yeah, it's going away from PC VR and it's going into, into Quest. Everything's on Quest. That's a really interesting um, thing that happened in, in, to, in 2020, right? The, the shift away from PC VR to Quest and we also saw that, like, uh, when Onward was released for the Quest, and then suddenly the PC VR version of Onward looked like <laughs> complete garbage because they wanted to make it like compatible, and they redid the whole PC version, and oh, it was so bad.
2: In the same year, though, Half-Life: Alyx, the biggest. PC based oh, yes. VR game that's ever been. Right, right. Was also released. So that's a uh, big win for the PC crowd.
1: Yeah, right, but um yeah, we're going <laughs> to talk know. about Maybe this short in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so there was there was talk about the Quest 2. I believe a really amazing amazing headset controversy uh, playing around it as well because of the forced Facebook login and um yeah, everybody has to decide themselves if they are fine with it or not. So if you guys love the Quest 2 and think this was the best headset, the best VR hardware of the year 2020, do leave your vote. Again, the link to vote down in the description of this video. All right. Then I would say the big other headset that was introduced to the market in 2020 was the HP Reverb G2. And I was the... Only person who had it for like months. Yeah. And I was so proud showing it into the camera. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah, Reverb G2. And I I'm, I made like a gazillion videos about it. Of course I would, right? I'm the only person in the world to have it. Of course, I make a little, lot of video, I make lots of videos about it. And um, yeah, so for all of you who don't know, the HP Reverb G2, it's the successor of the HP Reverb G1, which came out last year. It's a PC VR headset that you would connect to your gaming PC. You know, can you remember these big old things that you have to pay thousands of dollars for? This is a gaming PC, and um, yeah, so it's a Windows Mixed Reality headset, inside-out tracking, and the exciting part about the HP Reverb G2 is that it has a very high resolution, 2,160 times 2,160 pixels. It has super nice audio. Just like the same speakers, headphones like the Valve Index, it has great comfort, and it has inside-out tracking, so you don't have to put up these base stations. And this all for a quite nice price of 599 US dollars. So it's it's basically um, sitting between the Rift S, when it was still sold, and the Valve Index, which you can get for 999 dollars. And um, yeah, it's sitting in between those price-wise, but it has to offer quite a lot as compared to the index in terms of the visuals and audio in terms of um, compared to the to the Rift S. So it is it's a really nice headset. So um, unfortunately though, it really didn't have a good launch, right? So people were like pre-ordering the device and HP said, okay, you need to pre-order this. You need to pre-order this. If you don't pre-order this, you're not going to get it in, in this year. You have to wait for next year and the demand is crazy. And unfortunately, people had to wait super long. Now in December, quite a lot of people got it, but s- some are still waiting. And unfortunately, also lots of people like plucked the device in, hoped they could use it, but then it didn't work, <laughs> right? Because there's so many... <sighs> compatibility issues here i said yeah, the word. you got it i got, oh, it. I got it. it compatibility issues and it didn't work right it didn't work for people who had like um the x570 motherboard or it didn't work well with amd graphics cards and didn't work well on all the usb um ports and it was overall it was a big pain in the butt i would say that launch um, um would you agree with me um steve what do you think about the g2 in general
2: I mean, in general, I mean, I think actually, I'm going to be a bit more positive about the PC VR scene. I think, uh, I think with it, with Half-Life Alex, of course, Microsoft likes some later, and then HP Reverb G2, like the most amazing VR PC-based headset, all happened in the same year as the Quest 2. I think at the moment, I think it's going to be more interesting what happens this year, and it will pan out and see where the you know the markets are going. But in terms of the Reverb G2, oh god, what a fantastic headset! But unfortunately, it's tainted by just this tainted really love. bad, it's tainted, yeah it is, by obviously, you know, HP's disaster of this pre-order business, you know, I mean, it's just, when people have been pre-ordering this for like five months, and then some guy goes and clicks and gets the next day delivery, right, right, it's so it bad, sucks. and I was really upset about it, actually, I just couldn't believe it, and as I say, uh but I do think, they was not expecting the demand to be so high. I'm not, I'm, this is not an excuse for them, but I think we can look into this and think: well, actually, there is a demand for these high-end PC-based VR headsets. There still is. And but they could gauge think- the,
1: they could gauge the demand with the pre-orders. That was actually their their plan. That's why they started the pre-order phase quite early in order yeah. to gauge the demand and then, therefore, like produce enough. So I don't think. You can say like, oh, you know what? HP didn't know that. No, 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 I'm not that saying this that. So, so yeah, no. you know. So they did. But get... i
0: blame it on the YouTubers though, because all the yeah, all they, the yeah. VR YouTubers, <laughs> like they really jumped on this whole G two G two. You know, like as a new a new entry in the in the in the game. You know, and so so many people doing videos about it. It's like yeah, HP probably was thinking, oh, we only need to make. Twenty thousand of these things because we're not going to sell that many right away but like it the g2 became this thing that everybody heard about like you would be in different message boards places and people would be like oh yeah valve index or quest 2 and then some people would be like oh what about the reverb it came in as that other option consistently and so now it's in it's out there like people know reverb g2 index quest 2 it's like it's like three competitors are kind of the way it is. And and
1: that probably made it super difficult for HP. Right. What you, so what you're saying, actually, is that HP didn't understand the power of MRTV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now they know. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault, Sebastian. It's my fault. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I must admit it. Yeah, right. So, um, but anyways... I still think they should understand like the demand after they have opened the the pre order phase, and then they knew okay, wow, we need to make I don't know how my, how many hundred thousand perhaps I really don't know the numbers, right? So then they then they knew how how many they would have to produce, and then they simply had to make these devices the number of devices. So that's okay. The the headset's out now, and then unfortunately. Well, we had all these compatibility issues with those mainboards and those new graphic cards. Are you laughing about my compatibility no, issues? No, I'm
2: not. Just like, <laughs> you're saying it more, yeah. I think, because yeah.
1: you're aware of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Now that I know how to say that, I'm saying <laughs> it more. <laughs> but um, well, then, yeah, that's then. Uh, unfortunately, we have lots of new hardware in this year, right? I honestly, I don't want to say that. Okay, everything is HP's fault. Really, no. It has also to do with some some hardware probably not being exactly on the specs with the USB, right? Not exactly hitting the targets that they need to to hit, and probably the HP Reverb G2 just being like really needing the exact specs to be honored for USB, for example, to be able to work perfectly. But then again, well, probably there should have been some some play for the headset that you don't exactly need the specs to be met. For USB, right? Ah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's
2: it's 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 tough. I, just, I think maybe they did. They was a bit rubbish with their instructions. <laughs> you know, just a simple little sheet that says you need to to install the Windows Mixed Reality for right. Steam VR. You know, because that was a big problem. People didn't even know how to get it working. And right. just say you need a you you need a USB powered hub. They're so cheap. You can get one for like. 10, 15 pounds or something. Mine yeah. was like about that price. And I've never had any issues with it. Funny enough, I thought, I'm going to try it in my computer without that USB powered hub. And I got that weird 4-1 error. Oh, I, I see. It. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So so,
1: so, but it's, so it's bad that you need a powered USB hub to power your $599 headset. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> you know, that, that, <laughs> that point is bad, I think that part that that sucks so yeah you know what i can honestly i can really understand that kind of like backlash and that that kind of tainted feeling now. It's such a great headset. I still love it. For all the people who are wondering, hey, Sebastian, is it still your daily driver? Of course. Why would I use another headset which which looks worse? It's so beautiful to play in the G2 when it works. Like I was so lucky because when I got the device, when I was the first person ever on this planet Earth to have it, (laughs) everything worked fine. It's worked so nicely on all my computers. Right? It worked fantastic. I had the best ever VR um, experience. The the Quest 2 was not out yet, right? So it was just like the best looking thing ever. And it still is the best looking thing ever. It's still an amazing headset and it's still my daily driver. But I totally get it that it's not like this for lots of people who can't get it to run because they don't have a USB powered up and they don't feel like paying another $20. They feel this should work out of the box and I get them. So, but anyways, uh, for the headset itself, I still think it is fantastic. It is so way better than the G1. It has the, the most beautiful g- graphics, the, the most beautiful picture that I ever saw in virtual reality. Amazing colors, great sound, great comfort. I'm also fine with the tracking, as you know, right? And the same for you, right, um, Steve? Yeah, it's, yeah, I've it's been, totally uh, fine. Yeah
2: playing Half-Life Alex, and yeah. uh, Medal of Honor quite a lot this last week. And uh, it's just really, it works really well in just general gaming. Unless you're flinging it around your head and trying to break the tracking. Of course
1: you can break the tracking.
2: You can, but, but you can with a Rift. I can break the tracking with a Rift S controller, let alone the G2, if I was a bit crazy with it. But for general gaming, down the sights. It works it fine. It works really It works well. really yeah. fine,
1: yeah. And you know what? I was like, I must honestly tell you, I was like really shocked by lots of my um, fellow YouTubers who were like making videos like showing how bad it is and it's like glitching all around and really, really honestly, like misleading people with their tracking. I was really, I was like really shocked, like why? It's not like this. It's really, really not like this. I can also make a montage where where, where I make the controllers like fly away all the time, right? If I simply like um, put on all my lights here, because unfortunately. It is kind of dependent on your lights, right? But you simply have to, um, yeah, put your lights a bit down and not have direct sunlight, and you, you <laughs> are going to you are going to get a good, a really good experience with this.
0: This is weird, though. Some headsets, it's like turn the lights down. Some headsets, <laughs> turn
1: the lights up. <laughs>
2: but Quest Two just works no matter what. Yeah, you're I'm right, and, and and
1: and that that part I also think is not good enough about the G2, you know, that you really need to do some research, right? That you need to do some research, okay, probably I should get a USB-powered hub <laughs> to make this run, and then also that you need to, yeah, do, you need to um, get the light a bit um, not so bright, you don't, you don't want direct sunlight, right? That you need to do some research. You cannot just plug it in and everything works out of the box, like the Quest 2, right? Yeah. So, I mean,
0: every headset has a huge downside. Every headset has a gigantic Achilles heel. For the Quest right. 2, it's Facebook. And for right. G2, it's there's a lot of little work. things
1: about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. But. right. Exactly. Yeah. So
2: I, I still think they like the G2. If you're just into simming, Oh my God, it's just, it, it's an easy decision to make uh, for, for flight simulation. Or if maybe you're just into VR experiences that bring a sense of sort of like realism, like maybe it's not too, you know, too crazy games, like say just first person shooter games or experiences in VR where you're, where you really need that incredible resolution and that color palette, which I, I don't know how they've done that with an LCD panel, but it really is beautiful, isn't it? That's well, it, here's honestly. The thing. It is, it is. It,
0: If you're a a wealthy VR enthusiast, you might as well have a G2, right? Because then you can try certain experiences in your G2. You could have it as an extra headset. Maybe it isn't even your daily driver, but it's like I I use my G2 when I'm going to experience the Bond or, you know, one of these, like, animated things. Adult entertainment. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right yeah exactly as well, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> if you really want to see everything super clear uh-huh. you definitely want to have the the g2 yeah right so in my opinion still it's it's amazing hardware it's great and if we didn't have that bad lounge and if the headset still just worked for most of the people we wouldn't have all this backlash that we have right now. And people would just be talking about how crisp and beautiful everything works and that it's a great headset. So, unfortunately, I have to say, I personally think that HP had a bad launch. It's tainted because of that. And there are lots of unforced errors. Like, for example, the thing about, like, um, people could simply buy it off the HP website and got it the next day, while others were pre-ordering this for, like, four months, giving them already the money and, like, a free credit right with without getting anything back for it and not re- receiving the headset and yeah that's unfortunate because the headset itself is pretty amazing and in general about all these headsets i've i've said that i think in every episode now of this podcast i think we as a vr community we should not become this android versus iphone this pc versus mac you know, this kind of like, okay, we just like one kind of headset. I just like the Quest 2 or anything Oculus makes and everything else is shit. Or I just like what, I don't know, another headset manufacturer does and all the other things are shit. I still think we are so early that we should simply enjoy all the headsets that are out there and see what they bring to the table. Right? For the for the G2, wow, it is just amazing how good everything looks. So, yeah. Yeah. This is like for people who want the best visuals, go for the G2. If you want to have like a bigger FOV, okay, all right, there's an option for you too. It's the index, the Valve Index or the Pimax headsets even, right? And if you want to have like a great device, which is super streamlined, which you can simply put on and everything works, go for the Quest 2. So I think actually we are in a beautiful situation right now with the choices that we have. Would you agree to that?
2: yeah i mean i i have a rift s and a reverb g2 and for me that's perfect um and i if i didn't have the rift s i would have i would have bought a, a quest quest 2 straight away i think actually just because of that ease of use and just when i just don't fancy spending 50 hours you know setting up a sim before I fly it you know just to basically put it on and it works perfectly um you know I, I just think it's the best of both wheels and to be honest even a quest 2 and a reverb I suppose what's that? That's that's about this probably a little bit more than just an in- index on its own. So that for me, that that kind of works. Pretty well. close,
0: though. It is, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's close. Pretty close, so,
2: especially well. when you add the audio strap and everything. But <laughs> exactly,
1: then it gets more expensive. Yeah, so there was the HP Reverb G2, very interesting, very very interesting in in the last year. Then actually, we did have some more launches. We had the Cosmos Elite. So the Cosmos Elite is HTC's entry into into the gaming hardcore gaming market, they first came out with the Cosmos Elite by all by its own, which, which um, yeah is uh, pretty bad. (laughs) Let me just say it like this because the tracking is just really, really, really bad. Like it also comes with inside out tracking just like the Quest and the G2, but this is really an inside out tracking that doesn't work well. So if you want to play shooters with the Cosmos Elite and you do this like aiming down the sides, it's not going to work well. And we all had hope for some kind of um, software updates, which would simply resolve the issue. And those came, but they didn't resolve anything. It's still so bad until this very moment. So that was bad. So in this year, the Cosmos Elite came out. Actually, it's the same headset, but it is a different faceplate. So the faceplates of the Cosmos, you can exchange them. So now with that Elite faceplate, basically the the Cosmos has the lighthouse tracking. So the same tracking that the Valve Index is using and the same tracking that the Pimax headsets are using. And uh, yeah... The, the old HTC Vive and Vive Pro. So that is probably an option. W- what do you think, um, Tony? Is that an option for people? It costs $975 for the whole package, including base stations.
0: Yeah, so it's funny because in preparation for this episode, I I reached out to you and said, you know, what what's some of the stuff we're going to be talking about? And you listed like this this different hardware, and you listed the um, the Cosmos Elite, and I'm like Cosmos Elite, what is that? <laughs> okay. I I, I kind of forgot about it, right? And so I did some searches, and I'm like, oh oh yeah, okay, it's the faceplate with Steam VR, and I'm looking at the package that they're selling on like Amazon for it. And it comes with the old Vive wands, like not even right. the 2.0 oh ones, right? The 1.0 right. Vive wands. And I find it kind of bizarre, man. So MRT, uh, I I don't know why I keep calling you MRT, <laughs> yeah. Sebastian. Um, what is this story with the Cosmos Elite? If it does have the Steam VR faceplate, then I guess it's getting great tracking, right? Yeah, so it's perfect tracking. tracking yeah, totally, totally but solved. But then you're going back to these old right. flipper, you know, these <laughs> flippers, right? right? These ginormous flipper things.
2: Exactly. Are they worse than the uh, sort of Windows mixed reality controllers, the first ones? Are they actually worse or were they? You They're, know, less yeah, for exactly. sure. yeah. They're less ergonomic. Yeah, exactly.
1: They are wow. less ergonomic. They are not super bad. Like for some kind of games where you have something huge in your hand. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> 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 for Beat Saber they're great for Beat Saber or like for for games where you like, like, where you have like a pistol in your hand or something I think or like a big like a big sword you have a big sword course, in your yeah. hand right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like for, for for these things it's pretty great it's, it's not bad but for most other things it's not so great Right, so yeah, it's it, yeah. Those those feel a bit outdated. Those controllers in a world with the Oculus Touch controllers, in a world with the Valve Index controllers, and even the G two controllers. Right, we didn't talk about the G two controllers. They're actually quite good. Right, See? they feel great. They feel great. In the hands, great. controllers. But
0: <laughs> Sebastian, Sebastian, <laughs> the the Cosmos Elite. So There's... they created this new controller that they have. Right. Why yes. couldn't they have taken that controller and just put
1: Steam sensors all around it for this new Elite version? Right, um, that's a good question. Probably that w- this would have been much better than to sell the whole package with these old controllers. Because that's really like, w- like the one big drawback of the Cosmos Elite that you have to tell people, hey, you get great tracking, but unfortunately you get these old controllers Right, if the Cosmos Elite probably came with the Valve Index controllers or other controllers, their own controllers, yeah, then probably it would be something that you could more recommend. But it's just so tough to recommend the Cosmos Elite package over the Valve Index package, which has like the Valve Index controllers, it has like a bigger FOV, it has, yeah, it has basically everything is better for like eighty dollars more, or like not even. It's yeah, it's just like tough call. Right? Don't you think it's amazing, too? Like, just to
0: talk about HTC just for a quick second, since we're on this topic, is like, has any company ever dropped the ball more than this company because they were handed on a silver platter? Okay. So, Oculus, Facebook, I mean, they bought VR, right? But there's always a Pepsi to anybody's Coke. There's always a Burger King to anybody's McDonald's. You know, there's always a number two, right? And HTC was handed it on a silver platter. There were gamers, gamers on like NeoGAF, gamers that didn't play VR at all. And they heard of the HTC Vive. People heard of the Vive. The Vive had a name brand. It had recognition. And all they had to do was was to deliver another compelling product and they fumbled it on the goal line, man! Just unbelievable. Yeah, it's disastrous. You're so right.
1: right. You're so right. Like in the very beginning, all the VR enthusiasts were fan of the HTC Vive because it was simply and simply, it still is a great VR headset. It's still great. It's it's crazy, right? And in the beginning, it was okay. Do you get an HTC Vive or do you get uh, the Rift, the original CV1? And lots of people went for the Vive because you had. Uh, these controllers, you had real, real like room tracking. It was amazing, and wow! So they got so many VR fans, and unfortunately, they lost them all. With the price of the Vive Pro, it was suddenly so expensive, you couldn't get it anymore. You simply didn't they, want. They to were have playing it. that
2: resolution card, weren't they? Because everybody wanted that high resolution with an right. OLED screen. We still do. Exactly. And they yeah. were the only ones that even attempted it and thought we can just stick any price you want on this. Yeah.
1: So. But that, that was wrong because there was the Samsung Odyssey, which then also had the same resolution and was also pretty good right? and much cheaper. So it was it was just a wrong decision. They they didn't know what to do with also with their with their branding, like uh, where to position this as as their um, target audience. Because they said like, okay, this is like a prosumer headset, and this is for the professionals who are using it. But then they were selling it together with their Vive port. Thing with their with a game store thing and it was so strange. It's like HTC, unfortunately, is like one of the companies where I don't understand their decision making.
2: <laughs> it I feels like they, do, yeah. they have
1: this 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 huge uh, magic eight ball, <laughs> right? And, and, and the, all the answers are there. Like, okay, Ooh. yeah, that's strange. I really think it's strange, and I'm actually I'm a bit sad about it that HTC is not like the strong player that it could have been. And uh, then now we have the Cosmos, which is a complete flop as well. So it's, it's Tony, it wasn't even you didn't even know so much about it, right? I mean, you <laughs> I knew it. I forgot about it. You forgot you forgot about it. It and is. It, yeah. When
2: I, I mean, I saw your video of the occlusion issues, and I yeah. was just appalled, appalled. by that. I couldn't believe right. it, and I thought surely that's just a software problem. Sure, they can right. fix it. And actually, I'd, I never never thought about it since. But to, to, to actually know that it was always a problem, I mean. It's, yeah, that's not. It's not acceptable at all. It's not so, for the price as well.
1: It's so strange. And then, yeah, in two thousand twenty, last year, they wanted to introduce that that cosmos into the market, and they're only marketing idea was the cosmos on that turntable. Can you remember this? The cosmos was spinning oh, yes. on, 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 the, on the turntable, <laughs> like here, my, my beautiful adult Five-second beverage turntable. And it was so strange. It was so strange. And in the very very beginning, they said like, okay, the cosmos, it could be powered probably by a 5G device or some, some talk about this was going on. And nobody has 5G at that time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's just so strange. It is so strange. For, for, for me to see all these bad decisions. And it kind of reminds me about how HTC was faring with the smartphone market. In the very beginning of smartphones, actually, HTC was an important player. They had really good phones. And in the very beginning, at the time, they had the first Android device. The first Android device was an HTC. I think it was called... Yeah, I had that. But you had <laughs> it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Had, yeah, it's a great phone. Yeah, yeah exactly. I also great. had a, an HTC. <clears throat> and now... They are not playing any role anymore. So I don't know what's the matter with HTC, but uh, their decisions, their their business decisions, they don't do make they sense. Have, do you think they'll pull out of VR
2: completely now? Or do you think they no, no? I don't think so. The...
1: Actually, actually, one thing was great in 2020 about HTC is their um, strategy about the enterprise market that is solid and they do have a business and i believe that's why they are still in business because their enterprise solutions are really good so they're still selling the hc vive pro and the vive pro i to enterprises and they have the xr suite which is like to say it in a in in an easy way is they want to make it the office of spatial computing so, like software where you can meet others in VR for conferences, software where you can like teach others in VR, and all these kind of things, they are better than Oculus. They are better than any other company, and I believe their strategy for for that part is amazing and really good. They're putting lots of effort onto this enterprise market, but they're they they for the consumers for us, yeah, they don't play any role anymore at this moment in time, which is which I think is sad, but they for 2021, actually, they did tease us a bit and they said, like, wow, we're going to have something amazing, which is going to change VR. Yeah, let's see how that plays out. <laughs> <laughs> in this year. I
0: hope they do their, like if they have a press conference for these upcoming products that they're talking about, because they love to do a press conference in January. They've done it a lot of times already. You're right. Um, HTC. And so this January, if they do some little thing, please get a decent looking hotel or something when they do it, because a lot of their press conferences just <laughs> look so amateur. Yeah, right. And uh,
1: doesn't help their company too much. Agreed, agreed. So, yeah, probably we are going to hear from HTC soon. You're right, Tony. They liked January's to talk about their headset because of um, um, CBIT. No, not CBIT. That was... <laughs> oh, God. Um, the big conference in Las Vegas. Consumer Electronics Show. Consumer CES. Electronics Show. Exactly. CES. Exactly. That show is going to happen quite soon. Without, it's going to be online only. It's going to be though, online so. only, right? Yeah. So, who knows? Probably we're going to hear something from HTC. i would be happy... I'll be very happy about a strong comeback in the consumer market because Oculus needs competition. It's going to be good for everyone, for us, and it's even going to be good for Facebook if they have competition. Could Can I mean? ask you a quick yeah, question, though? Course. I'm
0: looking at, on the Internet here, I have HTC's stock because a lot of people thought HTC would actually go bankrupt. There were a lot of people that were predicting by this time HTC would actually have gone belly up. And they have like this holding company that I think has control of a lot of their VR stuff. So even if HTC went belly up, the VR part might survive, although people debate about that. But they're still alive. Um, Their stock is like 30 bucks. It's way down from like where it's been in the last few years. Like it's just gone way down. Um, But their market cap is about 25 billion. And my question regarding that is can a company with 25 billion market cap can they compete in this market can 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 i mean a company with such small amounts of money to be able to throw at like research and development like we've already seen the tracking that that's one of the problems that we're going to see here in VR like we're going to be talking about some future headsets and i think one of the issues that we're going to see with a lot of this stuff is can anybody anybody other than facebook and oculus do proper inside-out tracking? Because that hasn't been proven yet. We have not seen it from another company yet. And I don't know if HTC, with a $25 billion market cap,
1: if they can compete in this arena. Hmm, That's a really good question. For inside-out tracking that actually works, I still have to say it again. The Windows Mixed Reality tracking is not as bad as people think, honestly. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to force this on you, Tony. At one point in time, I'm simply going to send you something, and you have to try it. <laughs> 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 I would love to see you try. Yeah, G2, me already. me too. Would. Me too. Yeah, right. Let's make this happen somehow. So, um, yeah. Uh, but you're right, it's uh, not so easy, and I, I was so surprised that HTC of all companies cannot get inside out tracking right. That's unbelievable, right? They were so strong in VR with the first VR headset, and now they can't even get inside out tracking right. So, wow, let's see what's going to happen in this year in 2021. And I hope, I really hope they get they can make a comeback because. If not, then yeah, it's going to be tough for HTC. Again, what Tony said, like 25 billion, yeah, it would be enough for me to make a VR headset. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Let's, MRTV, we yeah. do
0: have a much smaller company, definitely isn't valued at 25 billion, and it's getting into the market with an incredible headset. It was announced this year. Tell
1: us about that one. All right, the Decagil 1. Exactly. Sounds very exciting. That sounds actually, really that exciting. It's a small team, small team operating out of Bangkok, which is already very sympathetic, in my opinion. And, well, they have announced the Deca Gear 1, which is a headset that they have completely produced themselves uh, with the same resolution like the HP Reverb G2, so that should be fine. And the exciting part of this headset is it is made for social VR games in mind, like, for example, the like VR chat. And the special thing is they have cameras inside the headset, and these cameras, they look at your mouth and they look into your, not into your head, at your head, so that they they, <laughs> they can, <laughs> That would be bad if they could look into your head. Uh, they can track your your facial expressions, right? So if you are in VR, if you are in that VR chat game or any other social world and the game supports it, then the other players could see your facial expression. And that's a huge thing, right? We make so many things known with our facial expressions. It's incredible. And this headset, it also has their own um, inside-out tracking. They've made like controllers, which look better than controls of other companies, looks better than the HP Reverb G2 controllers with uh, like, um, tr- with tracking of the fingers, finger tracking and all kinds of things. Very, very exciting for all of you who want to know more about the DecaGear one. You can check out a long interview that I had with a team in Bangkok. I mean, I wasn't in Bangkok. We did it like via Skype as well. And it was really interesting. And the most interesting thing is that they want to sell it like at a bargain basement price four PC VR headsets. Like, I think it was like $400 or $499, but it can also do wireless. It's a PC VR headset that can do wireless. And basically, it's like, wow, everything that you could yeah. ask for, <laughs> <laughs> everything that you could ask for in one headset. So, Tony, wh- wh- what did you think about the Decade One when you heard about it or when you read about it?
0: Okay, so this is the second item that was on your list where I was like, "Deca Gear 1? What the heck is that? I forgot about this. Okay, so I did a couple searches, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this thing. Okay, so I got to admit, I'm in the camp of people that say, There's just no way there's it because supposedly the price of this thing is 450 bucks. Okay, it's 2160 by 2160 for each eye. It's got eye tracking. It's got mouth tracking. It's got this little hip attachment that you can use for like your movement in VR to maybe alleviate some motion sickness type stuff. Um, it's got these controllers that look like they're basically trying to combine an Oculus Touch with Valve Index controllers. That's where what we want.
1: You could, That's what we want. Yeah. Perfect.
0: But you know what? I, I complain with, about that because I'll argue and say this is the wrong way to go, ladies and gentlemen. Like Sony, Sony had a patent not too long ago where they were also kind of copying the Valve Index. This idea, this idea that you're going to hold your hands out like this. Like I... I could, I could rant on this for a, a considerable amount of time, but my argument is this idea that, yeah, you have your hands out like this, and then when you're going to grab the sword, you grab your controller. How amazing <laughs> of a concept is that? And it's one of these things where when it was in the boardroom and Gaben was over there and somebody did it, they were like, oh my God, that is so genius. We're absolutely going to do that. Then when they actually do that, you actually get it. To me, it was the biggest gimmick ever. It worked for like, it didn't even work for a day, honestly. I'm like, just
2: give me a grab button already. Because when, yeah, yeah, you're you're, going to need a controller. You're always going to need a controller in VR without a doubt. You know, you can't just use your hands for everything. (laughs) Yeah, right. But I'm saying, like, this idea
0: idea is you have the controller in your hand, right? It's wrapped around your hand, but you're Ah. leaving your hand open like this. The whole idea of the Valve Index controller is like you're grabbing something physical and then you're letting go of something physical and you're grabbing something
1: physical and letting go. And it can be very tiring.
0: Yeah, and it just doesn't work that
1: good. I am yeah. not okay. a fan of. Okay, if you want to if you want to see more rants, like in full length, check out VR three six five. That is Tony's channel yeah. and it's a pretty amazing channel. Best go ever go there right out. now and absolutely subscribe to his channel now. So but Tony, you got kind of out of the way. You want to say what do you think about the Decca Gear One?
0: I just I don't believe that this is possible like this company is so I I should have watched your interview like I really need to watch your interview with these guys because what I want to do is I just want to listen to them and I want to hear all the things that they say and I want to see is this a scam is this real what is going on this is not a
1: scam this is I can 100% tell you this is not a scam they have developed everything they have shown it to me in the stream watch it it's not a scam at all. Okay, well, but so the are they going to be
0: able to mass Four manufacture nine nine. it? Are they going to have like like how are they getting it down to 450? Why is the reverb uh the price it is and this is going to be 450 and it's going to mm. have like eye tracking and all this other stuff? Don't don't you think that that you know 1 plus 1 doesn't equal 3? How is this yeah. working?
1: So the other companies, they make money, lots of money, with the with the hardware. Like uh, even the HP Reverb, no, this is not the HP Reverb. Even the HP Reverb costs five ninety nine. Yeah, um, making that device probably cost two ninety nine, and they're still ha- having some 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 gains. Of course, they need to, right? They want to make money with that stuff. So for them, they also want to make money, but they told me okay, if we make this now, and if that costs like $700, we have no chance whatsoever. We can, we don't even need to start doing this. But with this $499 price, they can make it, and they still have a little margin, but they want to make it so cheap because they want to show, hey, this kind of headset, we are able to make it so cheap and still good, and we, they need to do it in order to have people buy it in the first place and to get into the market in the first place so they want to become a player in the market and that's why they want to yeah to give it to us for $499 but you know in a in a world with the $299 quest 2 even 499 seems expensive now doesn't it I'm just laughing because Claybomb in chat says Mega Doodoo. Because
0: the name of yeah. the company, like their actual name of the company is like Mega Dodo. It's just, there, there's so many things about this yeah, company. Yeah, like the you, name is funny. I, I, I know you're saying they're legit, Sebastian. They I are. know you are. But you I got to admit, I got to admit it. if you just looked at the surface level stuff, sure. Of course. It looks very fraudulent.
1: I, I I get it if you if you just f- spend five minutes on it. But I spoke yeah. with them for like three hours. I got to know them. I saw. I spoke with the engineers. I saw. Yeah, t- watch watch the interview. Really, I can really tell okay. you. Watch the interview. It's a super interesting interview, and I admire them for their balls to try to make this happen. This is crazy, you know, to get into the market with a VR headset who is still kind of early. There's this one big company, Facebook. They are ruling us <laughs> like crazy with the pricing and stuff. It's like it's like a suicide commando, <laughs> what they're trying to do. Oh, here's so one last my last thing, though. So they get my respect um, that.
0: Yeah. Sebastian, one last thing about this deck of Gear 1 is, okay, remember inside-out tracking, right? So this thing uses inside-out tracking. At first, they were saying that they're working with Steam and stuff, so I was hoping, oh, man, if this has Steam sensors, then the tracking's going to be good. But they're using inside-out tracking, and I go back to this idea that, okay, Windows Mixed Reality 1.0, halfway decent, halfway decent. But it's not up to the level of where Quest is with inside-out tracking. We can right. all agree on that. That's true. And I just don't think it's easy for any company out there to all of a sudden have a high-quality inside-out tracking when they're creating it from scratch, right. which is what HTC had to do. They had to create it from scratch with the, and they with the
1: Cosmos. <laughs> and they failed, yeah. So You're right, totally. And, uh, well, I'm going to try it out, hopefully, and then... I will see if it's good or bad. But you're right. This, it's like crazy what they're trying to do. And I love that they're trying to do it. It's amazing. And they get my full respect. I hope they make it. I hope they really come out with a product that people can buy. I would be happy about it. We need more players like this. And I believe for if they really make it a reality and you put it on, and then for VR chat and these things, and there's a real niche niche where... You use the headset and it's amazing. Wow, I think they can sell some ten thousand of I think
2: it. In some ways I get the kind of impression that this year is gonna be the year of the biometrics, you know, for headsets. Yeah. Because obviously the HP Reverb Omniset edition is gonna be released at some point in the spring. And the omniset edition is gonna be way more. I'd imagine I'm I'm just guessing, but it's gonna be more than the the standard reverb, which is already six hundred pounds. So Kinda with Tony on it, to be honest. Like, how on earth can they include all of these other gadgets for that price? I mean, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how it plays out, though. Definitely. Exactly, but
1: honestly speaking, it's not so expensive to put like a camera there. So that's that's a cool thing. So they don't need to put so much money into that. That's why they can keep the cost down. Yeah, let's see. So Decker Gear One. Megadodo, yeah, fantastic name. <laughs> I wish Megadodo, if you're watching this, dear Megadodo, I wish you all the best for 2021. Hopefully, you get a device out. I'm looking forward to try it. And yeah, I'm going to let the people know what I think about it once I have it. Yeah, Megadodo. There's still one more headset that we should speak about. It's the Pimax 8KX. So, that is a headset that has been. Yeah, talked about for quite some while. Even in the Pimax Kickstarter, there was 2000, when was the Kickstarter? 2017 or something. Um, people could actually pledge for the 8KX. And the the special thing about the 8KX is that it has real 4K screens. Each, each display of the, the two displays are 4K displays. So you need like a, like a beast of a PC to run this. And yep, so you could pledge for it already like years ago. And in this year, finally, the people who pledged for it, they got it. And you can buy it also on their website now, on the Pimax website, the Pimax 8KX. Now, um, well, for, for me, I cannot really tell you my final conclusion about the headset since i only had a pre-production unit and actually there was lots of drama about this pre-production unit because i got it here <laughs> and then i unboxed it in somehow the wrong way and then had some fights with with the pimax <laughs> um, employees <laughs> that is that is uh, for me it's a thing of the past for me that's it's over i don't i don't feel any bad emotions about pimax or any of the pimax team members so if you're watching this, dear Pimax, we're good. And I'm also going to show um, other Pimax headsets here on the channel quite soon. I got the Pimax 5K Super here in the MRTV headquarter which is another Pimax headsets <laughs> headset with a very high refresh rate so they have lots of different kinds of uh, models and I personally think they have too many models Yeah, you to, you kind of lose uh, track of what they have right Pimex 5KX 8KX uh, 5K 5K Super Artisan I don't know It's it feels a bit too much what do you guys what, what's your perception of Pimex yeah. please tell uh, me
2: like these, they're as bad as, as Samsung with their new phones like I just don't know. If I was to buy a Pimax headset, I'd be so confused right now. I just think their marketing's a bit all over the place and a bit crazy, to be honest. But I mean, that I love what they're doing. I, I think Pimax are the ones that are really pushing the boundaries of VR, you know, and I think I, I, I applaud them for that. I really do. But I just think they need to work on their quality control and their customer service. And I, I wouldn't trust them with my money at, right now, personally. And that's quite strong, but I do. Right. I think I just I just hope that they can build upon you know uh what what they're trying to do here because I just, I just think they'll be a huge player in the VR space particularly for the enthusiast as well.
1: I also think so. Actually I think yeah. they have actually lots of potential, right? Massive they, potential. Just like you say, huge. they they are really like the only company who, which really tries to push the boundary, like like get it, make it better, make it more, make it a wider FOV, get more resolution into these headsets, right? Perfect for enthusiasts. Actually, Steve, right? You are a VR. You are like a simmer. Wouldn't that yeah. be like the, like the dream for you? Like the 8K X, like super high resolution. Yeah, definitely. Oh, the it's huge FOV. That
2: I, I really, really, you know, nearly bought or pre order one. I was so close to it. Um, but I just, you know, with all the scare stories and some of the, you know, their reputation as a company, it's a shame, but but they're just not right, not quite there yet for me. Um, but I mean, just to have that, like you say, that field of view, 4k displays, it's the dream, isn't it? Right. You know, but, but, and even for the price that they're asking for it, I think, you know, it is expensive, really expensive, but for, for what they're offering,
1: yeah, but I it's would, still cheaper than StarVR it, or x right? It's still, yeah, it's still exactly. like a price would, that you could put into actually, if you're an enthusiast, right?
2: For an enthusiast, totally, absolutely. But just, you know, don't trust them right now. But I think, I don't know, I'm hoping that that's going to change in the next year or two. I really do. Okay. Um, Tony, what is your perception of PyMix?
0: Yeah. So Pimax, I've always kind of, um, I I felt the same way about like, do I want to put my money behind this thing? It it always seemed like, Like high risk, high reward. Okay, so yeah, you get this headset and if it works and you don't have any little flickering problems or weird issues with like the Pi tools and all this other stuff, if you actually get it to work and it's working right, it's pretty freaking amazing. You're kind of in this different kind of a world. I do. I'll tell you right now of all the different things that VR headsets can go to. I want maximum field of view, because I believe eventually, I was just thinking about this, I was playing Racket NX on my Oculus Quest, and it's so immersive, but I was imagining... I was just imagining could you imagine if the field of view was just like complete field of view like there was nothing blocking you're just you're really in the freaking place and then if it also had body tracking and put your body there it would be like so next level and then i think once we get to that point vr is going to dominate like none other because When people have that full FOV and they have their body there as well, they are essentially transported to another place. There's nothing interfering with that anymore. And we're not there yet, but PyMex is trying to reach for that. And I appreciate that. But when we talked about like HTC and they have like a million different models, well, PiMax is on another level. When we get to that, I mean, they got so many different variants. They're like scatterbrained. It's it's you know it's the the management. Like, I don't trust HTC's management. I don't trust Pimax's management. They're too scatterbrained. They're off in a million different directions. They don't know exactly what they want to do. And there was an opening. Remember how I said that you know um, HTC had it handed on a silver platter? Well, they freaking fumbled at the goal line, and Pimax was there. They could have picked the ball up and ran with it because they had an opportunity for a brief minute as well where they could have been that darling headset that could have snuck up and they couldn't get all their stuff together. Same type of thing where people are buying them. Some people are getting them right away. Some people are waiting forever to get them. And it's like, I feel like if you buy a Pimax, you better buy two of them because you have to put one in a closet just in case something happens with your first Pimax. (laughs) So for me, it's like, yeah, it's lifestyles of the rich and famous. It's like if you can have extra headsets floating around,
2: hell yeah, I'd have a Pimax yeah, yeah. too.
1: All right. Yeah, well,
2: if I if I had the spare cash, I would definitely uh, buy an 8K X as well. Definitely, I would. But I just they're a little bit too obsessed with the sort of resolution side of things. I really feel like the a 4K headset. I mean, I said 2160 by 2060, but you mentioned Tony another slightly different display, 2180 or something. What? No, 20 something or other. Uh, like a resolution that sort of idea you know with, with you cannot run an 8k vr headset on any hardware right now it's ridiculous they just just tone it down a bit and make a solid headset you know, they have that.
1: they have something like this uh, one of their headsets Good. is the <laughs> the Pimax Artisan which i really like it and you could run it on hardware that is not uh, 3090 or 3080 mm. so that's actually pretty nice and i do like this headset but what over,
2: resolution is that uh,
1: one um, uh, i don't know it by heart now but it's it's oh. it's not it's not like the it's it's less Less than the G two, I think.
2: We need the Reverb G two with a, you know, field of view, great field of view, and Rift S controllers, and then we're we're there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. anyways. I think BioMats <laughs> could actually do that. They could do that.
1: Uh, honestly speaking, I think they could really be a very important player in the VR market if they would like make their lineup easier to understand. Because now if somebody goes to their website and wants to try to buy something, they will just be confused because they don't know which one to buy. Should I buy the 8KX? Should I buy the Pimax 8K Plus? I think there's one as well. Should I buy the Pimax 5K, which has already 144 hertz? or should I go for the Pimax 5K Super? Or should I go for the Artisan? It's like, what? <laughs> what, is going, what, what is going on? It's like It feels uh, like whenever the engineers see a new display on the market. Shiny. That's shiny over there. Oh my god. (laughs) I I need to get it and make a new headset out of it. You know? And if they really would only concentrate let's say on on two headsets. One on the super super um, high limit. Like let's say the 8KX. That is their thing. That is the best that they can get right now. And one um, lower entry model. Like let's say Artisan. People would get it. Okay, I don't have a 3090. I go for the Artisan. Okay, and still good uh, wide field of view and stuff. Okay, but if I am that super enthusiast who wants to play uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator with that super high resolution, okay, then I go for the AKX. It would be so much simpler and people would buy more, I think, right? If we only had these two models, would you agree with that?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Oh, maybe three. Maybe just like a really cheap low-end thing. You know, a medium-sized, you know, kind of yeah. thing like an index or something, okay. and then a proper enthusiast. Yeah, even that would Could be pretty be. easy to understand. Yeah, yeah, it would
1: be easy to, to understand. But now, like, whenever they get a new display, like making a new headset, that is simply confusing the frigging hell out of people, and that's really not helping them at all. So have I have people.
2: Yeah. Who, sorry, who have people who have ordered the 8K X? Have they? Have everyone? Have they all got it now? I think I mean, most of been, them. Yeah, I think most of them got to that. Most it's been of them, ages.
1: <laughs> most of them got it. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. good thing. That's a good thing. So yeah, I would love to review it here now. I have a 3080 now. Yeah, and a very good high-end nice. high-end PC. So I'm ready. Yeah, dear PyMex, if you're watching this, I would absolutely love to review the Final PyMex 8Kx. And uh, yeah, I have like a new Pimax headset here now, the Pimax 5K Super with that super high refresh rate of I think 180 hertz. Looking forward to try that out too. And I really think they could become an important player because they do push the boundaries. They are for the enthusiast, right? But too many options. In terms of... Um, customer service. Actually, I did hear that people have better experiences now. I did hear from quite a lot of people that now if you put in a a ticket, you're going to get it answered much faster. Like within 24 hours, you're going to have your answer. And um, yeah, also like the new headsets, they come with a new coating with way better quality than those black ones, which kind of like like um, yeah, didn't have a good housing quality. So things are actually getting better now. Also, they have a software, software env- environment um, where things are easier. Where you can, where you don't have to be that super enthusiast. Where you have to tweak every single setting. Where actually you simply choose which game you want to play, and the best settings will automatically be applied for you. And the SweeViver actually pro- programmed that or helped to program this. So they do, they do make the right steps right now. And I'm honestly looking forward to find out if they can succeed. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> so... You get Sweet Viber on the show. It'd yeah. Great.
0: Yeah, a new Step Brothers thumbnail. That uh- <laughs> was the ultimate. All <laughs> right. <laughs> it was funny. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so um, let's see what's going to happen in, uh, in, 20, in 2021 for Pimax. I still think they have chances, even though right now... They have built so much of like a toxic <laughs> toxic fan base, which is like toxic if you look into if you look into their forum there's lots of like negativity going on so but that's their own fault, right because they people have been waiting too long, there was bad customer service, and these kind of things added up and now it feels like kind of toxic there right now, and they really have to work on on their image because people we will hear about that negative image first, right? Just like you said, um, uh, Steve, right? You you are interested in it in general,
2: but that... Oh, yeah. I would love to try one. Okay. And I think if I did try one, I'd probably be sold on it, to be honest, because I just think what they're doing is fantastic. And uh, right. we need Pimax in 2021. We really do. Okay. right. Without but, but
1: then I do believe that you have to upgrade from your 1080 Ti... Might do at that point, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They think
2: it would uh, (laughs) Just look at me and laugh and then, yeah, die probably. Right, right.
1: Yeah, so that's something interesting to look at in 2021. Pimax, still there. And yeah, let's see what's going to happen. Wow, we already are like two hours and 10 minutes in. Normally, this is a good time to stop, but we still have to talk about software. Probably not into every single detail, right? But still, we need to talk about software, about games. So, Tony, what is your game of the year 2020?
0: Well, if we're talking PC VR, it is absolutely Half-Life, Alex. I, I just don't think you can go anywhere else. I have my complaints about the game. Like, I, I'm critical about a number of aspects of the game. But ultimately, I, I said this, I, I was on some other show where I mentioned this, that The um, the hotel level, you know, the hotel level of Half Life Alex. It's like the eighth or ninth level or whatever. When you're in that hotel, that individual level wipes the floor with every other game released this year. Just that. If if they just put that level and said this is the game, one level, that level would be game of the year for me. It's that good. Um, I'm disappointed by some other aspects of it but Easily game of the year, in my
1: opinion, right? And um, what about um, Steve? What is your game of the year?
2: <laughs> it's gonna be an easy one, this one, isn't it? It's, I, I don't <laughs> want to be boring, and, and but honestly, Half Life Alex is absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. It's on another level, isn't it? And I think it set the bar so high, but it's also, you know, it's something that should be. Uh, what what game developers should be looking at moving forward it's just the atmosphere the sound it's like a triple A. it's like when you go to the cinema and watch that you know amazing film like the new james bond film or i don't know whatever you know you you get that high quality like experience and it's when you when you're playing that game it just feels like you are you're in something special it's it's just incredible it's just yeah um, and, and the way it runs, it runs really well. I don't know how they've managed. It's so it,
1: optimized. It's crazy. It's incredible. Yeah, you're right. It's
2: just yeah, beautiful. Yeah, 1080 Ti card. No and problem. I've got pretty much everything in max on the Reverb G2. It's like, ha- I shouldn't be doing, be able to do this. <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have to chime in. My choice of game of the year is Half-Life: Alyx. I mean, of Yay! course. You know, really, really, there's really no competition. I was so thrilled to be in that game. Right. It was in the beginning of the year. Uh, not the beginning or probably in, yeah it was still quite early in 2020 we were all in lockdown the whole world was in lockdown and we got a great gift we can forget about the shitty real world and we can <laughs> all go into half-life Alex and it was wow it was amazing I'm a big half-life fan in general played the 2d games of course and to be in that world suddenly right wow it just showed me again that there's no way back to flat gaming if you Definitely can really no. be within half-life. It is just so magical. And then they've done so many things right that other games that are also coming out right now, they don't they even don't get them right. Like, for example, that you can touch everything that you see there. If there's something lying yes. around and you think, hey, I should probably pick that up <laughs>
2: and yeah, throw it with, at someone. Yeah. Like, with Metal Havana, like, yeah, I was really disappointed Same by there. that. Now that yeah. I've played more of it now, I just think... Hang on a minute. Yeah, that's completely like I can't pick that up. Damn yeah, it! You know, exactly.
1: There's in, in, in Medal of Honor. There's the axe. There's an axe in the beginning of the game, and it, 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 did you like, try to pick that up? I yeah, did. of course, I like, of I course. I tried to pick that up, but it doesn't work. It's ridiculous, right? But for Half-Life, Alex, everything that you see there, that you imagine, hey, I should be picking that up. You totally can pick that shit up, right? It's beautiful, and then the physics. Everything works just exactly as you would imagine it to work, right? If you, I don't know, like uh, open a door or whatever, like all these things, they just they just work as you imagine they should work correctly, and that just helps with your immersion so much. You are really in that world. You are really in Half-Life in the Half-Life you, world. It's have freaking you magical. Played? Have
2: you I'm ever played angry or- now. <laughs> I'm just getting another beer. I think we yeah, yes. must another hour. Yeah, you're, right, you're right. <laughs> I just, have you ever, anyone played crisis on flat screen? I mean, yeah, I the crisis game. I did. This is yeah. the crisis for VR. Oh, really? In my opinion. Okay. It, it's that, it, it's that kind of, we're going to be remembering this for many years to come. Like it's oh. half life. Alex is, is that is the literally everything's changed now. For, and I think maybe, I don't know. It may have cost them so much money to make it. We may never see a game like it again. I hope we do at least, you know, um, in the near future but i just think yeah i totally agree with everything you're saying seb it's it's a magical experience i played it on the Rift desk when it first came out yeah still good right? i was amazed with that played it again with the reviv g2 it's like playing it again for the first time sorry my my beer's here
1: uh, yeah you're so lucky <laughs> oh you're
2: yes, lucky you're lucky I can't, I can't <laughs> <laughs> try to open my beer now but yeah. yeah honestly incredible
1: oh my goodness yeah so a huge achievement And absolutely, like all the other games, which are coming out right now, they have to compete against Half-Life Alyx, right? Now, like Medal of Honor, which I still think is a really good game. We're going to talk about it in a moment as well. Yeah, but well, you you see things, you can't pick them up. You feel like, what the heck? Is this coming out of the VR Stone Age or what, right? So it's like really tough now for all the other games, which are coming out because they have to compete (laughs) against Half-Life Alyx. What do you think, Tony, right?
0: Yeah, I mean it definitely has raised the bar. I, I will say though, like the one game that that is pretty close to it, I think, is the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Like uh-huh, Half Life Alex was March and The Walking Dead was late January. So we had a really uh, it was loaded in the first half of the year. I feel like for those for those two really big banging right, games right, right
2: there. That's another oh. game that had amazing atmosphere and just everything felt right. To you know, it's like the the movement just felt really smooth in that game. Right. Um,
1: yeah. So let's talk about um, the Walking Dead: Saints and Sinners. So that game, um, it has yeah beautiful graphics as well. Also. Things felt right. The weapons, they had some weight to it. It, it Just things felt right. Would you agree with, with that? I that. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. pick things yeah.
2: up. Things had different weights, and you really felt like you're actually picking it up. And I know, Seb, you like to have sort of everything going on straight away, but I just, I, I liked the quite That's slow. The point. Yeah, I like the slow <laughs> start, actually. I just, for me, I just like to, you know, kind of get myself in the zone and have spend the first hour just kind of getting used to everything and, uh, just feeling the atmosphere of what you know, this amazing world I'm in, and for me, I like. So it. I that. you enjoy
1: this kind of foreplay.
2: I d- yeah, I, know I watched <laughs> your live stream on it, and you didn't. <laughs> you yeah, wasn't impressed with that. But. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay, that's that's the point. Like for me personally, I didn't enjoy the game so much. Probably I was playing it wrong. But I'm in general, I'm not the the guy who likes this kind of grinding games where you have to grind, you have to walk around, you have to get stuff, you have to build build things up and and then something happens, you know, I I need to, I need things to happen like right (laughs) away. Like uh, I don't have enough patience probably because if I had then I would totally enjoy this game. And I know people love, people love the walking dead saints and sinners, right? Is it because I don't like grinding games or what? Tony, do you love the walking dead saints and sinners? Well, let me tell you, I still haven't finished the game uh, so that's kind of <laughs>
0: bad that I haven't finished it yet. Um, and it does get it does get irritating after a while. When, when you get further into the game, it's like you're kind of like, it's like, oh, I got to get through this part. I'm stuck here. I got to find something, you know. And it does turn into kind of that grind. But the thing about The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, like its true claim to fame, in my opinion, was just the fact that you could... You could walk through this world where there were zombies and it really was the interaction of your hands, being able to grab a zombie's head and have a knife in your other (laughs) hand and just, oh, and you could just. And and the thing is, there's other games that will let you do that. But when you're stabbing the zombie, sometimes it goes into like an automatic stab. And so it's like, no, I'm stabbing this part of his head, not that part. (laughs) Really? really. And Saints and Sinners... (laughs) You have, you feel that, man. And so, like, you know how we have, like, these squeezy balls to, like, squeeze when we're, like, frustrated and stuff? Like, you have a long day of work. You have the, well, Saints and Sinners is kind of like that. Like, Gorn is kind of like that as well. Like, you have a hard day at work. You can come home. You can throw on saints and sinners and just stabbing it. like. Look, ma, no hands. You know, don't even grab the zombie and just time it perfectly. And yeah. oh man, it foot. Just that core gameplay mechanic felt so good. But like, after doing eight hours of that, and you're going through some back alley and you're always stuck and you can't get past it. Yeah, it can get frustrating after a
1: while. Okay. Yeah, but I I agree with you. Like the core gameplay, it feels super satisfying. Like this, oh, yeah, just like um, putting that knife into the zombie head. It just feels right. They they have nailed that. That, The whole atmosphere, they have really, really done an amazing job. So I can tell that even in in the German VR community, some people say that The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, they even preferred it over Alex because of all that atmosphere and, yeah, the excitement that's going on there. Steve, did you also play lots of Saints and Sinners or...?
2: Well, I have to confess, I haven't actually finished playing it to yeah. be fair, like like Tony, but it's it's quite a big game, actually. If you really do um, really focus like I do, I'm a bit obsessed with it. You know, I like to it take in all of the details. I'll read everything and I'll just, you know, sort of really take in the atmosphere. Um, but yeah, I'm a massive, I think that would be my second game. I mean, I haven't really played that many VR games, mainly for Sims, but I mean, for me, that has to be number two, surely. It's okay, got to be close. Wow. Okay, wow.
1: Probably I should give the game another chance and simply, yeah, really do the deep dive take into to it. Yeah, do right? it. Take some, take, yeah. take some more time and then enjoy it. And uh, I think it's also on the Quest 2, right? It's like they, they have like this huge game catalog on the Quest 2 right now where you can simply take it anywhere you go. Yeah, probably I should give it another chance. Anyways, I think there were lots of games in 2020 which were like pretty amazing. And I would like to talk about one of those games right now which is basically the wet dream of all Star Wars fans because finally now we can be in that... X-Wing fighter. We can be in that TIE fighter and make all of our Star Wars dreams come true. Of course, I'm talking about Star Wars Squadrons. So EA, thank you, EA, for giving this to us. Because this is like a flat game, but they also put in some time to make it playable in virtual reality. It's not even very expensive, right? I think you can pick it up for like $30. You have a very lengthy Um, single player campaign which is like high quality it feels great and you can even play against your friends in multiplayer games so i would like to ask you tony what is your 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 feelings about star wars squadrons you know i hate (laughs) not actually check this out i've never played
0: it oh okay i've never played it can you believe that no it's one of these few games like uh, that just slipped through the cracks for me. I, I just <laughs> didn't get it and it was like i'll I'll get it, I'm gonna get it and then a few weeks go by and then I'm like, ah I, I didn't
1: get it. Oh really wow but but don't you feel like picking it up right now? It's not expensive, right? what is what is like holding you back? Is it like you are not the kind of guy for Star Wars games? well I'm not I'm not much of a flight guy like
0: just flying games in general. I tend to like, enjoy them for an afternoon and then never want to come back to them for some reason Um, but the whole star wars thing like like the number one thing i am interested in with this game the thing that makes me jealous of not having it already is like seeing the interiors of like the cockpits and all the details and like the backgrounds and stuff like all of that does look really cool. And I really would like to check that out, but it's just, you know what? I've got a backlog of a million games that are staring me in the face. And so it's like, I'm just not desperate to run out and buy anything. I finally did play some Jurassic park aftermath though.
1: All right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Probably you should have played squadrons instead. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, um, how about how about you, Steve?
2: It's about flying. Yeah, I have to confess, I have I haven't played it oh, at okay. all. Um, oh well, yeah. yeah, so sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> thing is, though, is it, it's not co-op, is it? It's not a co-op game because that's yeah. my problem with a lot of VR games right okay, now. I've got yeah, quite yeah, a lot of friends who have got VR but we need co-op. We need to yeah. play. I need to see my friend next to me in this like spaceship or something right. and we can or You're you know right. have like a wingman. We even in Elite Dangerous you can't really do it properly. You can meet each other, but you can't be in sort of you can't do the same sort of mission or objectives. And I think that's something that I really want to see with uh, with games in this year really. It's just a bit more integration with, yeah. you know, uh, sort of co-op. So, I was going to get it until I realized it doesn't have Unless I'm wrong, I might have, but I don't think it has go a uh, co-op no. true co-op play. So, that My would be me, that would be it, amazing.
1: <laughs> they? That would be amazing if it had like co-op, but it does have multiplayer so you can play against your friends or yeah. something. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe do that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm the only one who've played Star Wars Squadrons <laughs> here in the Next Dimension <laughs> podcast it seems, but honestly speaking, I also haven't played it very long. I probably only I don't know, a couple of hours, uh, just a b- bit, looked into it, uh, really, really enjoyed it. But the thing is, I have to check so many things out, right? Uh, and it's just so tough to really play, is, play through all of the games.
2: Do, does it work with the controllers, the touch controllers, or whatever controllers no, you're using? No, no, it doesn't. I've, heard, it doesn't I've heard there's a lot of issues around the controller yeah. setup, And a lot of people actually in the sim community yeah. play this game, but they can't. They struggle to use a HOTAS or like an actual proper flight stick. It they can do it, but right. it's a struggle. So, yeah. yeah, I think.
1: Unfortunately that is a problem. So um yeah, you can play it using the hotas, but there was lots of problems with with the hotas at the very beginning when you played it. So so I directly played it on the PlayStation VR with the hotas, with the PlayStation VR compatible hotas, because then you know okay, it will work for sure and you don't have to set things up. Or you can play it with with a controller, with a gamepad, then that will also work. Anyways, I agree. I love it. would be better to be able to play it with um, the controller, just like Microsoft Flight Simulator, probably. Probably that's something that's going to happen <laughs> down the line. But yeah, actually, the game is made for a flat screen, unfortunately. That's why you can tell, okay, they, they ported it to VR. And I'm thankful that they did port that to VR, that they gave us this game.
2: So Same is- situation with Microsoft Flight Simulator. I think the reason right. why is because it, it's kind of like a quick, Quick kind of like fix for the for our VR users, you know. um, That's why we haven't got full motion controller support right now. I think. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But I'm still grateful.
1: Thanks EA for giving us a Star Wars game in virtual reality, and for the people who played it longer and played through the campaign, they love it. It's a well-made campaign, they say. And yeah, that's still on my to-do list of games that I should play more. Cool, cool. So, yeah, great. Great that we got this game. So, uh, still, again, for all people who are watching this right now, we want you (laughs) to vote. What is your favorite game of the year? What is your favorite VR hardware of the year? Please check out the description of this video. You're going to find um, the link to the places where you can vote. And at the end of the show, we're going to find out what is your game of the year and what is your VR hardware of the year. So, please join our little polls here. All right. Then we had what other games did we have oh a big one here a big one population 1 population 1 came out it's a cross play on basically all all the platforms that you can play on and yeah it is it has taken our community by storm i would say um, Tony, what is your, what are your thoughts about population one?
0: <laughs> here's yep. another one I haven't played.
1: Um, no! see, I'm
0: yeah, I'm not a multiplayer guy <laughs> in, in the first place. Because if I get population one, here's what'll happen. I will step outside and then bam, I will be dead. Yeah. This... That's what happens in every <laughs> multiplayer game I ever play. I step outside as soon as I'm out in the open i am a dead duck and <laughs> but, i just don't have the time to like get good as these people are just so good they're insanely
2: set. good out there these multiplayer guys i don't right. i played pubg the other day i know it's not a vr game but i was dead within the first like five minutes of course and that was it i, was like, I can't course. do this
1: <laughs> right but honestly with um population one it is not so bad tony because first of all the thing is you are with your two friends right it's like teams of three so like we we three could go out there uh, form a team, and um, yeah, then we could choose where we land on the map, right? We could talk about, okay, let's let's uh, land there and you can see where the others are kind of going, and you won't be dead in the first instant, right? because well, you are, the map is, is is kind of big, and you can fly wherever you want to go, so you, you do have some time. <laughs> you do have some time to enjoy the environments and uh, yeah pick up stuff that you need so that you won't be killed in the first moment so you you go around you pick things up you you climb a tree because that's one thing that you can do in population 1 you can climb things you can fly by doing this kind of uh, t kind of position and they've done an amazing job with this game because you can easily pick this up as as a as a gamer so you don't really have to become so great you don't really have to train for like like days and days in order to enjoy the game and um yeah this this is like one game which made me want to go back and play it even though right i don't have so much time and stuff but this game i thought like wow it's great it feels good it's you just do the tutorial once and they made all the yeah uh, all the gameplay mechanics so work so intuitively well like how to how to load the gun. It's not, a pain in, it's not a pain in the ass. It simply works. How to pick up guns, how to pick up ammunition, how to change the guns. Everything is really easy to, to learn and um, to, to, to use. And also like the flying, right? This T-motion. This it simply works and it's so much fun. And, well, for all people who don't know what kind of game it is, it's like a Battle Royale game, right? You're there with, um, I, th- I think, 18 other people or so. And, um, yeah, in teams of three on this huge map. And then you go for it, and it's actually just fun and well-made. So, Steve, I guess you have not played the game. No, I haven't. I'm <laughs> sorry.
2: How did you guess? I, yes, I you must-
1: <laughs> Oh, my God. I think... I think the three no. of us should, should just play this together as a, as I a
2: team. I would love that, yeah. No, really, I, we should do it. That, it's... I think that's that's my, as I say, my problem at the moment with some of these VR games. I want to be in a team. I want to be with my friends in VR. And, and if, if that was more the case, I would be more than, you know, I'd be really interested in trying out some, some of these games, actually. Definitely that one. It sounds great. Okay, you you okay. It. It's up. It's up. It's going to happen.
1: Steve, Tony, and me, we're going to play that together as it's a up. team, yeah? Yeah?
2: It's going
1: to be amazing. Yeah, right, really. It's going to be fun. It's it's actually really an amazing game. And I believe probably I would say it's the multiplayer game of 2020 for me. Really, it's it's just like so well made, so fun. Everything is so polished. And they have done an amazing job of of um, bringing this kind of crossplay, it simply works on all the platforms. Played it on the Quest Two, played it on on the on the on the G Two, and played it against others who have other headsets. Yeah, and everybody simply meets there and has a great time. Well done. And then they come up with some some special content like the the, the winter episodes, and some they have some ideas to bring you back into the game. And it feels like this is a living game. A game that is going to keep on being strong, and you will always find some players, because especially for VR, that's a problem. If you come up with this kind of multiplayer game, right? The problem is that you could simply not have enough players there, and they have managed to to make to make it happen. Yeah, it's on. It's not up. Says Chris Richardson. Thank you for teaching me English. <laughs> Whenever, <So> mention-
2: yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I just someone said in the comments Pavlov, and that's another game I've seen of, uh, and apparently it's great in co-op VR. So that'd be good. one. maybe we could try that. (laughs) Right, that's already a bit. That's
1: already a bit older. Yeah, but it's also it's also fun. Yeah, but I think like this kind of uh, team of three, that's that's really (laughs) great, and we should play it together. So. It's on. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning English here with this channel as well, right? And my English is now much better than it was like three years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to do that. Um, especially playing in a squad is fun. This kind of feeling that you're you together. But die straight away then. You, yeah, you, you might, m- actually yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then your friends. They can revive you, right? So Tony, even if you're going to be dead in the first moment, there is still a chance <laughs> that that uh, I'm going to revive you using that kind of reviving you, thing that I that don't know anyway.
2: name. you talk about your family and everything, and you say you can't wait to go home, and then you, you step outside and then die straight away because that's what happens, <laughs> people, isn't it? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Population One, I think um, they've done a great job, very successful. Lots of people, lots of people play it, and yeah, I think. I think that's also really one of the big games in 2020. All right, uh, what other games can we talk about, which were noteworthy in 2020? Um, let me give you another one that I think is noteworthy. I think Medal of Honor, Medal of Honor, another triple um, A production, and um, yeah, the game got lots of um, bad rap in the very beginning, right? In the first, in the first day or so, people hated it. And uh, I think there was like too much hate. We talked about this in the first show of the, in the first episode of this podcast. And uh, since then people, yeah, people really played into it and they found out, okay, the first half hour is kind of slow, (coughs) but then it picks up and gets really good. Is it also, what do you think now?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it gets better. It definitely is getting better. Um, It's it's good and bad. I mean, there's lots of good content and and it's very detailed, like a lot of the environments are very detailed. Um, But there also is this aspect to it where it's like you get killed and it's like start over again, get killed, start over again. You know, (laughs) so there's some of that where that kind of starts to get dragged on a bit and you're like, oh, God, I got to keep doing this one section over and over again because I just keep dying for some reason
1: okay all right yeah there's some parts are a bit tougher and also i had to play again and again and again but overall i felt like this was one game which kind of like made me want to play more and more it kind of like grabbed me so the thing is if a game grabs me i really want to keep on playing and for this game it didn't work in the first hour or so but later because the 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 levels they are so varied, like like they are so beautiful, and other new things are happening, and you want to see what's happening next. I think that's where this this game is really strong. What do you think, uh,
2: Steve? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the uh, the first is it, it's, it's definitely a first, the first hour of it. I'd imagine yeah. you hated the first hour, said, because it yeah. it was very slow. I didn't hate it, but it was and, slow. Yeah you know the bit where you're kind of in that um armory bit and you pick up stuff and it gives yeah, you information. yeah right
1: you I loved literally
2: it went, oh <laughs> i went round every no. single item no i bet no one else did
1: that <laughs> oh I, to- I totally get it now you are really enjoying these things and in, in yeah. that in that armory i thought like why am i here i directly went
2: to the battlefield to be fair actually in all seriousness it's annoying you keep going back to it. Yeah, I, admit. I don't yeah, want to give too much yeah, well, away, but you keep going back to which is annoying. And that woman keeps talking. It's yeah. like, shut up. I don't want you know, but admittedly, but the first bit when you pick up like a C-47 or like a Dakota and you you hear the history behind it, and then you pick up a, this ship and it, you know, it tells you what, <laughs> what happened. You know, it's just I just love that some nice detail, a lot of dialogue that they didn't have to, you know, they didn't have to make all that, and I think most people <laughs> won't even notice it there. Yeah, I mean, those are little details are, are, are what make the game. But I've got to say though, it's a shame that as you as you go on, it feels a bit cartoony, and uh, okay. I think Gary said this on the first one. And I was like, what are you on about? But now I totally agree with him that it's not gritty enough. It, the, okay. the story, it could, it doesn't really give you an emotional connection. You I, want I was war. Yeah, well, no, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I just want the characters. I just want to to have moments where I really feel part of this, you know, horrific sort okay. of, I mean, really what they're trying to portray. And there is the histo- the historical part of some of the text and the dialogue and what you can learn is really interesting. I wish they'd have put that into some of the storytelling of the actual game itself. Okay. Uh, but I mean, in terms of the actual, atmosphere it's up there with half-life alex i think with in terms of you know how how you know the presence of being there i like some of the more open spaces vr games don't tend generally tend to have these huge open spaces and storytelling moments and i think that's important as well but overall i think it's a great game don't get me wrong but yeah it's a little bit too uh the music and everything it's a little bit too you'll you'll do you'll shoot something and do something and then there'll be a massive cut screen and then and you'll have to wait ages and then There'll be another loading screen, and then okay. you have to wait, and then it's it's just a bit disjointed. Uh, I got it, I got it. Yeah, yeah, so
1: for me, I think it delivered uh, on what I expected, like like a big production, like popcorn movie, right? You you know, like it's like a blockbuster cinema. It's amazing. You can mm. be in that blockbuster um, cinema and enjoy yourself if you simply understand what you're up to, right? You know. And some blockbuster movie do have some plot holes, and I think that's one. Like you, I simply enjoyed myself, and I, I still have some some more hours to play, and I think it's great. And I think people should pick it up. It's a Medal of Honor game, and real fun.
2: It's not perfect. I think the weapons are they, fantastic. Yeah, they, they, they? They, feel, they, feel... they feel
1: they feel really good. Yeah, really good. Very convincing to me. You know, I agree. I agree. But uh, I think people will pick it up once it's cheaper. I think there there must be some kind of like um discount when it costs probably like um 39 I think more people should pick it up and will pick it up right the price was a bit expensive right tony yeah a ton of people like when you price something
0: at 59.99 expectations are yeah, just totally through get the it. roof on that like and and people are unforgiving like you would right. not believe man and w- when this does drop to 39.99 at some point where it's 20 bucks or 30 bucks che- yeah 20 bucks cheaper uh, tons of people will buy it at that point um so exactly yeah, yeah you're right
2: they started developing this was it 2016 when probably, it started probably probably or i think that shows a little bit like mm-hmm. some of it feels next gen some of it feels really up there but there's, there's there's moments in the mechanics where there's a loading screen where there probably wouldn't be now uh you know with newer games and i think because of that longevity the sort of the long process of that development it shows in the game a little bit agreed,
1: and also we simply compare it against Half life Alex, where you can touch all the stuff, right? Yeah, and it's, and it's just wrong that there is an axe in the beginning of the game and you can't get it, it's, it's wrong. Uh, so, we need yeah. to. A- we need a
0: word for that a word for games that allow you to touch tons Tons of things and pick up (laughs) tons of objects and then games that don't allow you to do that i like it and it needs to be a word that is incredibly common and obvious like oh this game doesn't have free locomotion we could say this game doesn't have interactive agency or whatever the name is going to be there's got to be some kind of name and then we need to get to a point where people stop
1: trying to make games that don't like you don't even come to the party if you don't have Right, interactivity I agree so dear chat give us names for this being able to touch everything thing and we will we'll make it a standard here on the show Yeah. so we're yeah, looking, you're right, looking at Tony, it right it now needs
2: to be, it needs to be a standard for VR games you can get away with it with flat screen games you know but, but <laughs> it's safe words <laughs> right
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it Pally I,
2: yeah but yeah. for VR, I just think, you know, you, you're there in the world. So you need to touch everything that's there. I know it's not that we would touch work.
1: everything in the real world, but in, in VR, we want to do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. <well, laughs> right. Right.
1: Depends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Depends. Hey, where you know, go.
0: Sebastian, yeah? um, on the list of games that you had, uh, one of the games that you listed was Paper Beast. Did right. you get a chance to play that oh, one? Oh, yes. I actually, wow. uh, if you want to talk about that one, I. I have some stuff to say on that one.
1: Yeah, right. So, so paper beast is um, some some super. I don't even know how to put it into words. Some super imaginative stuff that you can't even describe. It's it's like a trip. It's, it's it's something like that you experience just as if you would have uh, taken some some substance which will put you into another world with colors and things that are moving around and yeah paper beasts which talk and which you interact with and which you help to yeah to move on to the next level something completely experimental where you think like wow the developers wow they smoked some good shit (laughs) 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 It's, it's crazy and it actually it's like um it's like one of the few games that i would want people to check out for themselves because that's something that you can absolutely not experience in a flat game you have to be in vr for it and it's absolutely crazy imaginative beautiful and like uh, one of my f- um, favorite kind of games in 2020, which are like more indie, something special.
0: Yeah, it's it's a hater or, or, or love it kind of a game though, because I, I've noticed a lot of people, like some people will try it and they're like, what are you talking about Paper B sucks? But then mm. other people are like, "Oh, I loved Paper B." So yeah. it just seems to be one of these kind of games, but I just wanted to mention it because I think it's somewhat of a hidden gem exactly. for 2020. It came out on PlayStation VR first and then it did come to PC VR as well. And when you're there like the these this like surrealistic world that you're in and where the winds are moving and there's like atmospheric sound. And it just, I like that. Like, I love that aspect of VR is like when you're taken to a completely different place and you get like a completely different vibe. You're like transported yes. to this other world. It's it's kind of alien. Uh, you're solving these puzzles. You're moving around dirt and sand and water and stuff to like exactly. get to this other area. And it, it's very it's very chill. It's very relaxed. It's very, um, it's the complete opposite of Medal of Honor. You know? Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's the complete opposite. And there's a lot of colors inside. Like, wow, it's a trip. But it's it's really like a trip and um, something very special, something that you can hardly describe with words. And if I would hear it now, as me, as Sebastian, I would think, oh, wow, I'm not going to pick that up because I need action. But even I, even <laughs> me, even I really enjoyed that because it was so full of imagination and crazy moments. So, yes, Paper Beast is really like that hidden gem. Is that something that you would pick up, um, Steve?
2: Yeah, it sounds really interesting, actually. But as I say, I've never... Tried it, but I mean, wow! I mean, yeah. any VR experience like that, yeah. I, I kind of want. I think g-
0: they have a demo. I think they have a demo. Oh,
2: brilliant! Right. Well, definitely, I'll download that. Yeah. yeah. Have it's a on Viveport too. Right. Right. So,
1: yeah, In Viveport Infinity, or what do you yeah, mean? Yeah. Like you can get it for free. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Then uh, probably one more game that I would like mention. I personally didn't play it at all. Probably, I'm not sure if you played it. Phasmophobia. It's um. It's a horror game. It's a horror game that the German community tries to make me play like really hard. They really want me to to yeah, to be afraid and stuff because I hate horror games, right? I cannot even watch a horror movie. I'm I'm way too into all these kind of things and uh, I can't play horror games in VR. It's crazy because it's too real. Oh man. Yeah. So Half-Life Alex, did you have problems playing ah, part of that because some it turns parts, into a horror game? Yeah, some <laughs> parts are a bit spooky but that worked still well I don't know why I simply enjoyed my time in half-life Alex but real horror games where they want to scare you oh, I, I really can't do it and phosphophobia the, the 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 exciting part about this game seems to be that you can uh, you play with your friends you can play with up to I think four friends in VR you're in that in that place together, and well, at least it's
2: co-op. Then that's interesting. It's, it's, I'm interested now already. In, it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. I fucking play.
1: Right, right. It's yeah. exactly you're playing together with your friends, and uh, the goal of the game is to to find ghosts. I don't know. There, you are like a ghost. I don't know how to say, how to call these people who who catch ghosts. Ghost, ghostbuster.
2: Ghost <laughs> hunters. Ghost yeah. hunters. Much,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you have different kind of things um, to find those ghosts. And it's supposed to be amazing. Like the German community is crazy about this game. Like like they really, really want me to play that game. And it seems because it's like very spooky. But if you're there with your friends, that makes the whole thing fantastic, they say. And they're having a great time. Uh, um, Tony, is is that a game that you have tried or that you would try? Yeah, I tried it. It's on ViPort Infinity. It was
0: like one of the big things that they got recently. By the way, just anybody out there, if you have a PC VR headset and you want to try a lot of games, I cannot recommend Viport Infinity enough because there's just so much stuff. You you can sample so many different things on Viport Infinity, like Paper Beast, like like Phasmophobia. <laughs> they have like the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is on there as well. And just tons more stuff, lots of stuff. Um, but I tried it on Viport Infinity and I was like in like this tutorial section of the game. And I was trying to go through that and trying to figure it out. And I, I got stuck somewhere, and then so I didn't actually get to experience the full breadth of like being freaked out and having other people in it and stuff. So I just I, I sampled it, but I need to try it again.
1: Okay, yeah, probably with some people inside. So, so Steve, um, how about you and horror games? Is it something that you
2: well, can do? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny because I don't like horror films. Not because I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I think it's because I actually find them quite funny. Maybe I'm I'm I've got a warped sense of humour. I just don't find them, <laughs> I just I find them a bit ridiculous, and I just think ah it's just stupid. Okay. Um, I actually prefer the old horror, you know the the kind of anticipation and the kind of stuff that you don't you imagine in your own head is always going to be more more scarier uh, than you know, horror films of today are just so gory and graphic that they're not scary. They're just gross.
1: Okay, and that's, got it.
2: That's the difference. So. This game has it got. I haven't played it, by the way, but has it got that uh, sort of suspense and that kind of yes, feeling? Yes, they're
1: building it up. That's that's what they're doing. That's,
2: that is the key to horror. Yeah, not, exactly. Not goring visual. It's what you don't see that's that's scary. I think that's that that's
1: exactly what this game is delivering. And they even don't have jump scares, which I like because I hate jump scares. It it just makes me jump <laughs> like like crazy. It's, that's yeah, too right. That's yeah. what it's about. Yeah, right. So probably this is something something interesting for you, Steve. Who knows.
2: I'd love to play that. That yeah. actually sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Cool. Cool. We are nearly getting to the end. Is there any game that um, you want to mention Tony or or Steve? Is there anything more yeah. of 2020? I mean
0: there's there's um some other games that came out like Pixel Ripped 1995 right. that, that is came good out too. this year. That was pretty cool. That was pretty good um, too. Mini Motor Racing X I don't know if you guys tried that but I thought that that's it's a, like a racing game but it's like third person and so you see the little cars driving around and the cool thing with that game is like it's kind of it can be room scale so you can like have the track on your ground basically and you can like lay down on the ground as you're playing it with your VR headset and like you see these little cars go you know like they're going okay. around like a little slot racing track right it's really quite cool. Tower Tag, the Persistence came out on uh, PC VR this year. It was a PlayStation VR game that a lot of people loved. That finally came out on PC VR. But people don't didn't Um, seem
1: to like it so much, right? Because the controls were
0: not the controller. Yeah, yeah. You got to use a crappy controller. Um, Yeah, I was trying to
1: think of what other Tower Tech Tower Tech really that was a really nice multiplayer game as well that I can absolutely recommend to people. Yeah. And, um, you still looking, yeah, for there game? was one other one. Oh, shooty skies overdrive.
0: Have you guys ever no. played this? It's Never like the it. simplest thing in the world, but Oh my God, it is an orgasm of color. That is, <laughs> that's always good. <laughs> I, I played this on the Quest, right? I played it on the Quest, but it's on PC and it's like $5 right now on sale on PC. And it's super, super simple. Your hand is basically like a ship or something, and you're just pointing it, shooting at things. It's like a bullet hell game. And there's like a million little bullets that are coming at you. And you have to like dot your little ship. You have to move it around and dodge it. And you're just shooting things. But it is so unbelievably colorful. It is really good on the Oculus Quest. But it's also on PC VR. It's called Shooty Skies Overdrive. Wow, Incredibly never simple, okay. but just fun, fun.
2: Cool. It's funny, Tony. I feel like you're the man to ask for all of the sort of really like really good value little games that people probably wouldn't even realize, you know, just those games that you just kind of, you want to play a VR game, but you don't want to spend much money, but you want just an amazing experience. I bet you could like list off a ton of those. Well, Uh, for me, I can tell you, I like, what I like in
0: VR is I love short burst games where you can play it for like 25 minutes and be satisfied or or 30 minutes or whatever. I don't really like spending three hours in a VR game. I, I don't feel like our headsets are there yet. I don't feel like the refresh rate is there yet. Like I just, I think there's still a price we pay for wearing these headsets, but I could put on a headset for 25, 35 minutes and it's no big deal at all. And games that I like that are really good in that department is stuff like in death. Like, you can hop into oh, in. Oh, and death, death is and fantastic on this time.
1: On the Quest yeah. 2 as
0: well, yeah. <clears throat> on the Quest 2, it's great. Um, I mentioned Racket and X. I actually did a show just the other day on my own channel. I've recently played Racket and X on my Quest 2. Holy smokes, have they improved that game on the Quest 2. It is, it is the poster child for me for Oculus Quest because it's completely 360. I mean, all you're doing, you're turning around all the time and you're hitting off this like giant arena where things light up and they're moving around and there's voices and there's all. The sound effects are incredible. I'm telling you, I cannot recommend Racket NX enough. And it is a beautiful 25 minute burst of entertainment. Wow. How that much is it?
1: That's amazing. Uh, I think it's 20 bucks. Okay, oh, oh. Record NX. Yeah, lots of people love it. Um, yeah, I should play this more. I, I didn't play it on the Quest, actually. I played it on, on the PC VR headsets. But yeah, it makes so much sense to have this game on the Quest. That makes sense. And yeah, another game... It's yeah, perfect. And just like you also mentioned the game that I can also recommend as a really an amazing game of 2020 is In Death Unchained. So In Death it's a fantastic yeah. game, right? Like a bow and arrow game. It's really cool and very satisfying to play. But on the quest too, on the quest, it just shines. It's just so amazing what you can do. And they keep, keep on coming with new content. So definitely, In Death is another great game that I can totally recommend for you guys. Cool. Very good. Yeah, so we nearly <laughs> made it now, I think. But before we, we get to what um, our community what the the viewers thought because before we come to the to the end of the to the polls I still want to give people who are watching this right now the chance to to go to the polls and to cast their own vote so choose these are the last moments where you can choose your game of the year 2020 or your VR hardware of the year 2020 please check out the link in the description of this video and uh, yeah, choose your game and in a couple of minutes I'm going to tell you guys the result, tell you your favorite game and your favorite hardware of the year 2020. But before I do so, I simply want to wrap up and I want to ask Tony first, how was your year 2020 in hindsight? Do you think it was a good year for VR? What was the outstanding things and in general, what do you think about 2020? Wow, man, it's hard for me to,
0: to try to put 2020 into a box because like there's, there's really some really good things happened and some really bad things. Like, I think there's a lot of bad things that have happened in the VR world in general that people don't know about yet, that the reality of it hasn't, it's, it hasn't trickled down to the end level consumer yet. And I think a lot of where the pain is going to come is the hardcore PC VR players. I think in the future years, I think they're gonna notice that like Medal of Honor, Lone Echo, like these really elaborate PC VR productions, like Half-Life Alex. like these games are gonna get more and more rare. And what we're gonna get instead is we're going to get stuff like population 1 where they basically changed population 1 where the PCVR version kind of got watered down because it's they're designing it to work nicely with Quest and so it's a Quest-central world that we're living in now. This is just the reality, and it's going to have some trickle-down effects that are going to happen to PC VR. Now, I'm not trying just to start. say... I'm going to be back. Two seconds. I'll be back in a minute. So I keep talking to yeah. him. Back no, in problem. No, no problem. problem. <laughs> yeah, no I know
1: problem. what he's going to do. Um,
0: I thought he wanted to really uh, argue a point with me, but um, what I was going to say is that... Um, damn, what was I just talking about there? It's like, um, so yeah, the, the quest is going to affect, oh, here's what I was going to say. Okay. So PC VR, it's not necessarily going to be a complete and utter nightmare because we're going to get stuff like tower tag and paper beast and, you know, walk about mini golf and, and shooty skies overdrive and, 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 uh, project wingman and, and we're going to get these small, they're not going to be triple A. We're not going to get so much AAA. We're going to get VIN VR Adventure. We're going to get these smaller games, and they're still going to be good. But some people, when they buy VR, they're like, I want, like, Grand Theft Auto 5 VR. Where is it, man? I want Fallout 4 VR. I want Skyrim. You know what I mean? I want Assassin's Creed. Yeah. (laughs) And and you're going to get Assassin's Creed if you got a Quest 2. Yeah, right, right. you know, it's kind of this weird thing, but yeah, so it's been really good and really bad. I mean, on the good side, we we have here's the best thing about VR right now, Sebastian. Yeah. The best thing about VR is that video that video that went viral of three little kids opening up their Christmas presents and they were Oculus Quest uh-huh. and they were running around screaming. Have you seen that little I video? I haven't Whoop, seen the vi- video. I haven't oh, it's seen all it.
1: Over. You haven't seen oh, really? It? Okay.
0: It's three kids, they're opening their Christmas presents, and all three of them got Oculus Quest. And they're like opening up, they're like, oh my God, it's a Quest. And they're, they're like running around their house and everything. And that is the video, that is the power of $299. Right. It is really changing the game. Developers that are making Quest games get 10 times the amount of sales exactly. on the Oculus Quest. Quest is going mainstream. And that is great for VR in general. A lot of PC VR people say, dude, why do you like the Quest, man? Here's why I like the Quest. I wanna play Grand Theft Auto 6 in VR. And if that's gonna happen, VR has got to go mainstream. I wanna play Red Dead Redemption in VR. And if that's gonna happen, VR has got to go mainstream. And so anything that can possibly take VR mainstream, I love it. And that's why I love the Quest, because it's at the price point. Everything is there. You could go to Target and buy it. You can go to Walmart and buy it. It is available. It's easy. It's simple. And yeah, it is the evil Facebook. But oh, well. Right.
1: I think <laughs> you put it, you you still put it really nicely into a box. Even you said you couldn't put it, but you, I think very well said. I tried. You did <laughs> and you succeeded. OK, well, Steve, how about your 2020? What do you think about the year?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I've I've got this such a mixed feeling because of the Quest Two. I absolutely love the fact that people are new people are going to be coming from all over the place into VR. It's going to create such a huge because we are still a niche uh, sort of crowd, aren't we? Really, and even now, and I do feel that for VR needs to be mainstream, and for that to happen, Oculus, Facebook, Quest Two. It it, this is a great thing. It is a great thing that, that you know. The, the simple fact that, you know, you could put a headset on and you can be in a game and it just works. It's 90, 90 frames per second or whatever it is. the, the You know, the, the game looks amazing. It feels great. You can share it with your friends. It's tethered. That's where we need to go. We totally need to go that way. I I, I, I think that. But at the same time, nowhere, how how is anyone else going to compete with that? I just I, that's what concerns me. It's. It's like that little corner shop you love to go to and then suddenly a massive Tesco's or something opens up right next to it and sells everything cheaper. And it's right. great. It's like, well, where does it, what does this mean for, for VR to move forward? We need to have other companies have a share in this pie. And uh, as I am, you know, quite opposite to Tony in the sense that I'm the, the enthusiast PC gamer that <laughs> is quite happy to spend hours twe- tweaking and tinkering and getting those settings correct. I know that I am literally like the niche of the niche of this thing, you know, like no, not many people like that. So the quest two has to happen. The quest three has to happen, but there needs to be that PC VR side of it. And I think it's been a little bit 50, 50 this year, the HP Reverb G2, uh, some incredible games come out, Half-Life Alex, Medal of Honor. Um, the index didn't that come out this year
1: no last year no last year. last, last year <laughs> 2019
2: yeah but not <laughs> i mean you know it's it's an incredible time really for both of these platforms i just hope they they're able to sort of i don't know grow together somehow and maybe amalgamate in some way i think maybe if a quest 3 came out with an hdmi link direct into the into the pc that's what i would like so that we can share all this together and not be that apple and android like you were talking about i think right. That's what needs to happen, I think. But yeah, for 2020, amazing year for VR for me. Fantastic. Cool. I mean, obviously not just for Microsoft Flight Simulator, you know. Um, <laughs> just generally speaking, I think it's been a fantastic year, Um, and I really hope I'm really excited about what's going to happen this year with the with the, with the likes of it. Uh, I think there's going to be another big VR headset, PC VR headset that's going to come out this year. I just I I, I can figure it. I just think wow. there is. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking think
1: so. forward. To, I'm probably you're going to see it on MRTV first, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> if I do Exclusive. my job correctly.
1: yeah, Exclusively. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, guys, um, for me, you have just like put it so perfectly into words. I can hardly match what you said. It's, you're right. I just agreed to that, what you said. And for me, um, I have probably even a bit more conflicted, I must say, because overall... I'm so happy that we have this $299 Oculus Quest 2, but I don't like into which direction the whole industry is heading because there is no competition for the Quest 2. And it just makes it so harder for other players to get into the market and try something. Like we found out with the Mega Dodo Decagon 1, it's just tough to compete against $299 headset. And uh, well, I have at great length told you that. I don't want to be in a virtual reality uh, world where I'm being watched by Mark Zuckerberg over my shoulder. And for me, it takes away from my immersion being in VR that I really have to think twice. Hey, am I being analyzed now here by the algorithm? Does the algorithm check it twice um, at what am I looking in virtual reality I cannot even have my private time anymore in VR that I could probably <laughs> enjoy before because I have to worry what is being sent to the Facebook service with the cameras, right? Probably there's something that I don't want to be tied to my real name. So I must honestly tell you, I didn't enjoy the direction that VR was taking in 2020. Because yes, it is a super cheap headset for 2.99, but it just comes with so many yeah, strings attached that right now people don't see it because it's about playing Beat Saber and stuff. But five years down the, the line, when we work in VR, when we meet our friends, when socializing works in VR and well, we're being monitored and well, we now in this time gave them the permission to do so. Wow guys I must tell you I really feel super conflicted and I didn't like the direction that the industry is going and also for PC VR it's going to be tough for game developers to make those games to make these like really like big games for PC VR when they see okay but I would sell 10 times more if I simply did a quest game and of course It's about money. So, of course, they're not going to put all that effort into the PC VR games, right? And we're not going to see Medal of Honor 2 on on the PC. We're going to see something else that's on Quest. And that's not as ambitious as, I don't know, like Half-Life Alex was. So, in the whole thing, I must tell you guys, I am not really happy about the direction that VR took. In 2020, and I don't think it's going to get better in 2021. 20, okay, oh well, I'm so negative. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like the super positive guy, right? In general, if you know my channel, I'm like, ah, I love, I love VR. I, I'm so enthusiastic about that. I love everything about it. But 2020,
2: I felt a bit unhappy about it. But Valve isn't isn't Valve going to release another two? Didn't they like say they're going to release three big VR titles? Yeah, that well changed.
1: There was they, they they said that like uh, a couple of years ago that they were working on on three big titles. I think but,
2: another one's coming. Yeah, you, it could I be, it could be. One's but, but
1: do you really think that it would change the the direction that we're taking right now? Like I personally don't think so. So yeah, Half Life Half Life was amazing, but it didn't turn things they around for PC VR. Yeah.
2: I don't think so, right? So, yeah. It's Half-Life Alex. Isn't that one of the games that actually lived up to its hype? Like, everybody it didn't did actually it down did down on it. This
1: really lived up to its hype. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah anyway, so um to finish off my rant here about 2020, <laughs> um I think yeah, this this part was not so great, right? About uh, the direction that everything Took. So I'm really, really hoping and I'm rooting for HTC or for Valve or for any of the big companies, uh, Microsoft, Google, Apple, to come out with something that could be a competitor for the Quest 2. And that's not because I hate Facebook. It's because I think it would even be better for Facebook if there was a competitor, because then they would have to think twice about things like faced, um, forced Facebook login. Probably they wouldn't do it if there was a competitor that doesn't force them to log in with social media, right? So I think to have this kind of competition is really important for the market. So I really, really hope for a competitor that can, can be good for for Facebook, for the whole industry, and for us as a consumer, that is what I hope for, and um, yeah, that is my big hope for 2021 and the future. But in general, in general, I'm still uh, I'm still a VR uh, enthusiast and a VR bull. I'm super bullish still on the whole thing. I'm also going to be bullish on AR. That's going to happen in a few years, hopefully. And yeah, so. I think 2020, 2020 was a strange year <laughs> in general, right? We know yeah, that. Totally. That there was, there was crazy that year. Um, I'm happy that it's over. But I also have some great news to share with you guys. So 2020 was the year for me that I, with MRTV, broke even and I can live from the channel full time. Wow. Yes. That's incredible. That is really big. Congratulations. F- that, is, that is really big for me. That is super big for me. Because, you know, um, like I'm actually an, an engineer, right? Uh, electrical engineer. And uh, I put the, everything onto VR. Like I stopped with with my work and put everything onto VR because I believed so much into it put all the risk into into working on this channel full-time. And now in season four, after four years, I'm breaking even now. I can pay the bills. I can pay the MRTV headquarter bills also thanks to the donations that I'm getting in the live shows. Um, and yeah, woo, MRTV is here to stay. And I broke <laughs> even and I made it and I'm so unbelievably happy. So something positive came out of 2020 for me.
2: Cheers. Especially cuz I'm going to drink to that. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> my,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, so i really That's pretty amazing. That is that awesome. Is. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, that's, so I've been, I've been really like working my ass off on this channel, as you know, for the last years. And yeah, broken even. And yeah, can keep on doing what I love, right? Talking about VR. And uh, yeah, I made this my profession. And I'm really proud that I made it happen without like um, sucking up to Facebook and stuff. You know, that, that's that's what I always what this channel was about, that I don't, that I, yeah, that I um, serve the viewers, the subscribers, and not HP, and not Oculus, and not Pimix, that I'm really about, like, giving you honest uh, reviews, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm super happy and proud that I made it. It was a tough road, and I'm not finished. I just broke even, so I can can live from it, and, um, yeah, that's what I want to tell you about 2020. So, for me, that was a good year because I made it.
2: I think it's rare these days to have a huge, big YouTuber and to have them still unbiased and completely independent. And Honestly. Thank you, man. Congratulations.
1: uh, Thank you, man. Thank you. But I'm not big, right? I I wouldn't say big. (laughs) I'm like, uh, yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Great. Well, to
0: break even, though, is pretty incredible. And I I can say I met Sebastian in real life (laughs) at GDC in 2019. And the one thing I can say about Sebastian is he is all in, man. Like this is his like like I really I I really watched him before before we even started talking and stuff, he's like setting up his tripod, getting his camera ready, just like he is he's got plans. He's attacking it. He's going after it. He's all in. So, I mean, I give you
1: credit for being completely all in on it. (laughs) Thank you. I am all into this, really. Yeah, thank you, Onikaze. Four or five dollars. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Lots of adult beverages had to be drunk to reach this break-even point. (laughs) Anyways, enough about me. Um, Yeah, it was... uh, 2020 was very special for for the whole world. hope 2021 is going to be better. And before we end this, today's podcast, now let's have a look at the results. So the best, let's start with the favorite VR game in 2020. And... Half-Life one won with 74.4%. No <laughs> congratulations, Half-Life Alyx. On, on the second place, Microsoft Flight Simulator, 11.5%. Oh, wow. Nice one. That's congr- fantastic. Congratulations. That on the third place, Star Wars Squadrons, 6.4%. On, on the fourth place, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, 2.6%. And yeah, I'm going to share the link to the results uh, later after the show. So half of Alex, congratulations. And now let's have a look at wait a moment, let me go there to the hardware section. Wh- what G2's is who's going to win? Why? What is the hardware <laughs> section? Let's see. And wow, that is that is that is interesting. What was the best VR hardware 2020? So 60.8% chose the HP Reverb G2. Wow. Oh, yes. wow. <laughs> wow. That is really that interesting. Is fantastic. That is really interesting. Congratulations, HP Reverb G2, for making it happen, even though there was a, a, a flawed launch. But seems like the people who got it still enjoyed it very much. And congratulations!
2: It is an amazing headset. It, it is really an amazing
1: is. headset. It really is. And um, yeah, HP, if you're watching this, our friend Tony here, he would love to check it out. Yes. Yeah? So do send him one to check it out. Definitely. Right, Tony. Yeah, and I'll have... send oh. it
0: right back. At, like, yeah. I can send it back in two months. So just no give problem. me give me 60 days with it. Okay. And
1: I'll I'll give everybody my opinion. For I'm sure. going to share this with the uh-huh. HP um people and um hopefully you're going Definitely. to be able to try it out. Number 2 Oculus Quest 33.8%, yep, respectable. And um Vive Cosmos Elite 0%. <laughs> <laughs> and we still have um PiMax 8KX 5.3%. Yep, very interesting. So wow, what an what an interesting poll. So yeah, half-life Alex and the G the G2. So the best thing that you could do in 2020 was play Half-Life Alex on the HP Reverb G2. <laughs> <Nice>. Yeah,
2: totally.
1: <laughs> it's it's a good. It's it's a it's a really incredible thing to do. Okay, wow. That's it for the third episode of the Next Dimension podcast. I really hope no, we really hope that you enjoy this show. If you do, please do give this a thumbs up. Share this episode with your friends, tell them about it and hopefully next week, next week Saturday, see you again here for the fourth episode of the Next Dimension podcast. Also, you will be able to find this show on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Alexa, not get on iTunes because Apple still has not give, given us the permission to, to, do, to do this, but on the other podcasts, um, places you will be able to find us. And we would definitely be happy about a positive review of this very young podcast, but lots of people watch it here and it seems like you enjoy this guy. So also do leave your comment under the podcast to help with the algorithm and simply tell all the people about it. That's it. That's it for the third episode of the Next Dimension podcast and see you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Take care.